Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a Friday edition of the program. How you living, threes? Oh, I'm living the dream, brother. How you doing, man? Beautiful morning so this last, morning. It is beautiful. Last Friday, yeah. uh, I was in Florida, and I went into the ocean and cut a portion of the, the, the space in between your big toe and your first lieutenant toe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cut that on a that that on a on a shell, and and okay. blood. It was a little bit of just a small cut. It was nothing major, um, but I so we went. I went back to the cabana thing and I I looked at it and we put some hydrogen peroxide on it. I, I think this would be all right. No big deal, um, yeah. and it was. It's fine. No big deal. Small small cut. Yeah. Fine 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 fine. And then this morning I wake up and all of a sudden I have uh, what appears Herpes? to be like a swollen nodule oh. <laughs> in between the toe, and I'm like, well, this this wasn't here yesterday. Yeah, this wasn't here for the last week, so that's mm-hmm. going to be fun to to sort out here on a Friday. Mm. Fantastic! Have what a way to start the one. day. Yeah, yeah have what a way to start one. the day. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, so anytime you never like things, things growing happen, on your body, um, no. Overnight, not so much. No, 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 no. Because you don't want to learn that you have some like rare sea worm just creating right. a house in your big just toe great. now you know awesome i'm you really thrilled about it because it it does seem that anytime you know you hear anything about this sort of thing you it ends with an amputation so i'm thrilled yeah. about you really how, don't need gonna, your second how my toe, afternoon's though. gonna be no no that's fine i mean if you want to take that you can take it no big deal i'd like to keep the big one i think he would be important <laughs> yeah. to keep him i think that helps with balance and a lot of things yeah actually. yeah i really you know. need that guy you yep. know the guy next to him you he yep. can be sacrificial that's fine but let's let's keep the uh, parasites away from the from the big toe. Yeah. Um, so that's that's how my sure morning started. That's how that's what, exactly what the doc's going to tell you. Ah, I'm sure it's nothing. Go home. Right. <laughs> I'm sure if you don't have COVID, just, I just go home. Go right. Nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. But well, they might the test tone? you if you go in and look at that toe. Be careful. You might get an unwanted yeah. false positive. And next thing you know, you have the kids home again. So just be careful how you decide to proceed here. Yeah, I mean, we did that already once. I'm, it's done. I'm not doing that again. It's the end of the road. Yeah, uh, but it sounds like we. I mean, everyone, everyone who wants a vaccine will have it by May. So that's yep. there. You go. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Good job out of uh, out of us sorting that thing out. Yeah. Look, this this show was was about twelve seconds from being just a total downer. Thank goodness. Oh gosh, the yeah, it basketball was. team. I mean, this was going to yeah, just was. be a three hours. Of That's suck. what happens on the weekends, by the way. You know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like the last few weekends we've had the double the double whammy of Buckeye yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, losing and, sure. and Jackets. That was almost the only thing that saved us last night was the fact that it was a weekday. So 
I bet they beat Purdue today. The Bucks do, and then they lose this weekend, and then Jackets lose as well tomorrow, and it's you know back to routine. But it, it really feels. I mean, so gosh, like, I was Minnesota had I, how many more possessions? Uh, Two more. I watched the bro. I don't. This is what I told you. There's no way for one. For one, it's not the depth perception because the Bucks came out hot. I mean, Kyle yeah. Young just dunking on fools. Uh, it was, was so great awesome how they started to watch, so and, and the start was so great that like. There were moments, you know, the whole first half really I'm watching and I'm like, it was hard to keep your attention because the Bucks were rolling and you just felt like, okay, they're acting accordingly. Great. But I did stay around because I wanted to see how this would finish. How are we going to close? Sure. And I believe yesterday we talked we talked about and I said, I said, I, I you hope the Bucks get out to a big lead and then hold on. That's been their yep. MO. And it seems like even yesterday, they, this is a hard thing here. You win, you celebrate. You're, at this point, you don't care. You win in advance, right? You're in tournament time. You win in advance. But as fans, we can sit here and be like, "Dude, the underlying issues are still there. They are. We can't. We can't finish." And so, how confident are we going to be as fans if they get in the game today at two, to where it's a two point game going down the stretch and we can't make a bucket? It's just. It's tough. It's tough it's to big- to watch. So George Reese, former Buckeye great, will join us here in about 40 minutes uh, about this, and, and we'll ask him. But I, I think, uh, and I'm uh, this is this is where I'm at with this, pal. I think that this is like Chuck Knobloch throwing to first base. I think it's not, the not the rookie Chuck Knobloch though. No, 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 not no, not Chuck. the Gold Glover. No, 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 Yankee, you know, not him. Yankee Chuck Knobloch. Yankee How Chuck? dare me be yeah. smirch? Who is it, Lester? Twin Lester, who can Knobloch. throw it, you know, right over the yes. plate into it within a centimeter yeah, of where he wants exactly. it to go. But that yep. damn first base, he'd rather run it over yeah. there. It's 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 Tiger Woods yeah. at sometimes in 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 his career where he just couldn't hit a driver, just couldn't do it. So he had to hit three yeah. wood off every tee. Um, that's that's what this is. It's it is now in their head. This was such. It is survive in advance. You're right. I'm I'm thrilled that they won. I, I was I could not believe how much I was into a first round Big Ten game, but I was. I mean, I was really invested in it, and I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm screaming at it. Um, and sometimes I felt like I was coaching my kids because of the mistakes they were making are things that my nine year old team makes. Right, dribbling into yep. a corner and stopping. Yep. over and over and over again it was so frustrating to watch. Um, but this was this was almost a catas- catastrophic collapse. You are up twelve with a minute and a half. Mm. You're up twelve with a minute and a half. Minnesota scored eighteen points in about two minutes. That's mm. that's that can't happen. That can't happen. They be- they became jittery. They became very clearly the nerves were there. Some of the panicky plays that were made, they ran that press breaker in the last minute and a half after maids three or four times, and they would inbound it to the corner and just stop. Yeah, and just stop. Yeah. And I saw your, you I saw your every tweets about you it. You cannot go to the corner. There's there's four there's four corners. You can't go to them. You can't. You're basically you're basically corralling yourself to be trapped, and they did over and over and over again. And I don't know what in the heck that is about. I don't know why you would do that. If if you run a press breaker like that, you got to catch it and turn it up. You got to go. You can't stop and allow for trap. And they allowed for it over and over three or four times. So frustrating, Um, panicky in not realizing that you had timeouts, and they're lucky because Mm. at the end of the game, EJ almost steps out of bounds. And, throw, yeah. and luckily gets it to Dwayne, and then it's it's finally we can breathe. 
But we have a timeout. Take a yeah. timeout. What are we yeah. doing? Take the timeout. Settle down. Like it was. It's pretty. It's concerning, and it's something we've seen over and over again. And I, God bless Coach, and we'll we'll hear from him in a in a in a couple of minutes on this. But you know, I I think he's trying. I think he knows it's a problem, and he knows yeah. it's a problem. Um, and I think he's trying to say, hey, we're fine. Give credit to them. You heard him in the post game. Give credit to them. Give credit to Minnesota. And you do have to give credit to Minnesota. You do. Minnesota kept fighting. And they've got yeah. some good players. And that's a, that was a really good Minnesota team. They were without some some big-time players, and the guys missed a lot of games this year for them. They had some big-time wins early in the season, including whipping mm-hmm. us. Um, but but So I don't know that I'd bail on Patino. I think that he's he's got a decent thing there. I think that's a tough place, but I think he's got a nice thing there. I don't know that I'd bail on him. And they fought back, but this is on us. You, oh. you can't be up 12 with a minute 38 and it become a one-possession game and we can't inbound the ball. I mean, that, no, because it doesn't even happen. feel good, right? No. Like now it doesn't. Not if you're a two seed. No. So that that that's the I don't know. That's the hard thing, man. Is that this doesn't feel good at all when you when you watch it. Like you want to have a game and a victory where you're able to. I mean, are you really truly celebrating this? You know, as pumped truly up as, survive in advance. It's cliche, yeah. but that's all it was, and it's it, it leaves a bigger cloud over you because you yeah. won despite yourself. So it kind of yeah. lingers in that way, um, and and now you you know you're looking at Purdue and you want to flush it, and it might be one of those things where thank goodness it's right back up and you play to do Purdue today at noon at two o'clock or around there. Yeah, you, you can, can you can you can't even think you can't about even, it. Can't think about it. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I mean, look, I, I do think that this is a there is something to be said first, just for them feeling the dub, you know, finally mm-hmm. feeling sure. good about it. So. That's a, a great feeling in and of itself. I, I do worry about um, the things that we've talked about. These issues are are not there right now and aren't solved. You know, so the fact that you are struggling down the stretch, the fact that I mean, you should have ran away with that W. But You're at up this point, with a minute think, and a half. <laughs> yes, like that can't. Happen. Yes, yes. Jeez. And so for me, um, I'm going to choose to just be happy because it really is it is win in advance at this point. And yeah. I don't care what it looks like anymore. The things that we have worried about with this team, um, the consistent theme of not being able to close, I'm not sure that's going to be able to be fixed this late. I mean, you had you talked about like, so when, 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 when could that be worked on some? You had a great opportunity. The, the whole week leading up to Illinois, right? To go back fundamentals go back work on scheme work on a whole bunch of stuff get yourself ready for illinois you had the game in hand if you close that game out how much better do you feel like yesterday doesn't even matter if you close the illinois game out you win you beat that team and you're able to to make a few buckets at the end to hold on you're like all right we're fine Mm -hmm. but the fact that that continued this streak and then the same issue crept up and the only thing that saved you is that minnesota stinks like or the fact that they didn't have just another thirty seconds on the clock, you know it, yeah. it's it's a it's a feeling of I don't know. You, it's it's for me. There's there's some that will look at it as oh, dude, win win and keep going. But there's no way that those guys in that locker room they're smart that they're you, not you saying, thinking it. themselves like, damn, we 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 got out of there. We got lucky. Um, you feel it. We, for, there's no yeah, question. You feel it. It weighs on you. Um, yeah. Like the, the, for instance, like before, I'll never forget the game before we played Michigan in '06. We beat Northwestern on the road, um, and we played we played terrible. 
But here we are undefeated, right? To everybody else, we're undefeated, and you know, our, but defensively, we played bad um, against Northwestern. It was—I don't know if it was—we were looking ahead or you know, excited for Michigan, but we didn't play well defensively. We won the game pretty easily, but there were things that kind of happened in the game where you didn't feel good about it, even though you won, and yeah. you just felt like, man, some of these are gonna spring up and hurt you and it didn't hurt us against michigan it could have but troy was outstanding but we didn't play great defensively against michigan that game um they made a run the second half and then some of those things that northwestern did spreading us out and doing things that really it crept up against florida and they exposed us and so that's the kind of thing that like even though you won there's a feeling of like what happens today at two when you go out there now they're not gonna have a ton of time to think about it of course but when they go out there today what's the what's the thought when things start to get tightened up a little bit and well, you know the second half and you're trying to close it out i'll tell you this it there is there is a could be a little bit of poetic justice with it being purdue because this happened really the first time when purdue beat us here and we had the game and we couldn't close it remember yeah. that so that's yep. a, well over a month ago that was really the first and then that, this has happened several times since and and yesterday was almost a catastrophe it was not so you get purdue and that's the positive side of it um listen we are aware what happened last night for the Blue Jackets. We're aware. Oh, are we and, aware? And Gosh. it is uh, it is a uh, something that needs a l- quite a bit. Of t- I I just didn't want to get into the negativity. I'm a I I'm an idea man. I thrive on enthusiasm. You thrive on enthusiasm. Of course you do. Uh, glasses yeah. half full. I didn't want to. I don't want to get into the negative here in the first hour. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, but we will get into it in the ten o'clock hour because there's a lot to get into on that. And uh, I fear uh, a seminal moment in the season and potentially the franchise as well occurred last night. And I know Torts didn't feel that way and he tried to downplay it a little bit in the presser, but thats I don't know that that's accurate to where we're at right now. So we will get into that in the 10 o'clock hour. We're just choosing to be positive today. I mean, I got. I may have to get the, a foot amputated. At least out of the, the gates, we got to win. We get yeah. Purdue. We get more afternoon basketball. Bluebird Day, everybody wins there. Uh, we got the fan stores open. Fantastic T-shirts Boom. available. Awesome. First Friday, act accordingly. Knock yourselves out. It's pretty amazing. You get you can get threes and I on a face mask. They're there. I don't know. Do you want that? I mean, I I just <laughs> I was trying to think like if I buy them for the kids, would they think it's cool or think that it's lame? And I they're at the age like Black Cobra would probably think lame. Bootsy would think cool because yeah. he's so yeah. it's like that age when you start. To there think was an age where important. I stopped wearing my dad's wrestling shirts. What do you remember when it was? I don't, but he kept giving them to me. I promise you that. I'll put it this way: my dad was the kind of individual where he was wearing a roadwear animal face mask. There's no doubt. So, you know, so if I want to follow in his I'm footsteps, so I order a bishop and Laurinaitis, and I will wear yeah. out my own. I I will not do that because that I know. would be amazing. <laughs> you and I walking around with our face on a t-shirt. I was the animal with man. your own face. On a I was the animal. Those guys were so used to self promoting themselves. Yeah, never stopped, never left. Well, they, it was a different world. It was, it was, you know, it had to. You had to do it. And it, well, they're the greatest tag team in the history of wrestling, so it worked. Um, all right, so so you have that to look forward to, which is nice. Uh, George Reese will join us at nine forty-eight. Jordan Cornette will join us at uh, at ten thirty as we take a look at um, at uh, at the, the the bracketology and the big dance. Lots of jacket stuff in the ten o'clock hour in terms of where we are. Uh, a pretty wild day. Cam Newton re-signing with the Patriots. A crazy press conference in Houston yesterday with Deshaun Watson. So there's going to be a lot of fun in the program. And, of course, I mean, that thing was Poor crazy. Coach. 
Oh, poor coach, why would they man. put him out there? Threes. Uh, why would they put him coach. out there? Yep. Oh, just, just terrible. I just, I mean, clearly he, clearly he had nothing to do with any of it, and they put him out there solo. Like how it's not. I'm confident Casario, that Sean Watson wants to be a Texan. Or what makes Easterby, you confident? Because he's owner. a Texan. Right. Oh. Crazy. Crazy to put that guy out. I mean, it's just nuts. Um, so we'll have a lot, of, a lot of fun on the program and get you set for this afternoon's game against Purdue. And we start with that coming up next. Off and running here on a Friday edition. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The offseason is a myth. Serving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan, and you need to head over east of our beautiful downtown area and check out Jermaine Toyota of Columbus. They have some amazing deals going on right now. One Camry LE for two fifteen per month, thirty six months. Same time period if you want the Highlander, though, something a little bigger for the family, three twenty-two per month for 36 months. Both offers are good for those that qualify and exclude tax, title, and fees. Take advantage of the beautiful day today. Nice little sun outside. I'm sure they'll have all the cars washed up, looking pretty. Go test drive one. Take advantage of the great deals over at Jermaine Toyota. Oh, yeah. I have them all slicked up. Of course. Ready to go. Ready yeah. to go. Good stuff. Um, look, this this is uh, this is something that's not going to be exercised until it is for this team, and and the the collapse yesterday, and it, it it's a collapse, man. I mean, that's the only way to say it. It's real. Exercise it's something. Size the demons. <laughs> you really, you really have to. Um, and I think Purdue's the right team to do it. It's the right team to do it. So you say, you say, all right. So what's at stake here? What's at stake this afternoon? And I think it's a two seed. I think that's what's at stake. I think right now you're the last two. I think if you beat Purdue, you will stay the last two. I think if you then can beat Michigan, well, then you're talking about something else entirely if if, if you want to go ahead of yourselves. But I don't think you get ahead of yourselves against Purdue. Purdue's le- that's legit. I just feel like we're They're a two a regardless, don't you? Yeah, we're not going above a two line, but it's which two do you, are you going to be? Right, 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 right. I you mean, know, what, are, what if you made are, a run in the Big two? Ten tournament? You're not a two, right? I still don't think you're a one, though. I don't think you can jump. I don't don't see a scenario where you're... Yeah. What, buddy? No, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. My English wasn't working there for a second. Not me. Yeah. (laughs) It's my fault. This damn English language so complicated. I think it's really... I think there's no way you're a one. You lost four in a row, so you're not going to be a one. So you're going to be a two. Um, I think you could be a three. I think if it, I think if you lose to Purdue this afternoon, you could be that on that three line, um, and and that's you know I I think you want to be on the two line, and more than that, you want to show that you can take care of your business, that you can close games, that you can be clutch down the stretch. Something has been off for about a month in the last couple of minutes of games, and it's you really have only had one poor performance, and that was the Iowa game. Other than that, all of these have been right down to the wire, and it's just been a play here or there. And unfortunately, those plays haven't been made by you, even yesterday. I mean, that was fortunate to survive. If we played another thirty seconds, I don't think we do. I don't. It was. It was. They were on the on the play where where EJ throws it to Dwayne. That is so close to being a turnover. Yeah. Yeah. It's so close to being a turnover. And if if Minnesota has two more possessions. I think they probably win. 
So yeah. they didn't, they don't, and you move on and you get Purdue. Uh, but it is, I think it's really important. I don't think anything really was accomplished yesterday, which no. stinks because it was an awesome 35 minutes. I will say, basketball. Like, it's hard, it's it hard to judge awesome because start. what was accomplished they, is at least the feel good, right? Those guys got to go in. Yeah. They got the, the worst case scenario was avoided. Right, the oh, worst gosh. case scenario is having a twelve point lead, losing on a avoided. five you know five game losing streak, heading in the you know the tournament with absolutely no confidence and probably yes. a three. Um, so that was avoided. So albeit, uh, look, the, the, I was talking about box score, right? Like how many people were watching round two of the Big Ten tournament, Minnesota Ohio State? I mean, yeah, there's two a lot of basketball to watch on a right Thursday, now, right? Yeah. So there's not a lot. So you look at it, you say, oh, OSU won. They acted accordingly. They got Purdue. So no, unless you're a diehard, you know, basketball enthusiast or someone that covers the Big Ten network a ton or the Big Ten you know, conference in general, then you're gonna probably just look at the box score and say, okay, they took care of business. They won. Um, they advanced. And so, yeah, I think they that, that's what they accomplished, right? They didn't accomplish anything to where <laughs> we always, we always talk about how do you judge this team? How do you? rate you know success this has been a tough one for us this year because there are they already overachieved my expectations preseason now you adjust those midseason when you start flirting with being ranked fourth in the country and you say oh okay hold on a second and, and trust me that was not a fluky ranked fourth i think you know they're playing at a certain way if you beat michigan that whole this whole thing seems so different so that game was so pure. It's hard to remember how great that game was. It was brought up yesterday by the by the broadcasters about how it's the best game of the year. In that, the yeah, basketball. that game gave it gave you everything you wanted. If that yeah. goes differently, we feel way differently about this. And then Michigan State feels different. And then Iowa might feel even different. Illinois. If you just yes. could have closed, like yes. you, you you know, you just couldn't close with yep. Illinois. Yep. So our and expectations it, were to win yesterday and the win tonight, and then we'll. Yeah. That's all. That's what we need. That's what we need out of you. And so, hopefully, they take care of business this afternoon, um, and and playing again. This is they they who would we have on? Was it was who do we have on that started calling it the revenge tour? Um, was it Adam? Been- I don't know who was it, was, it? but it was, I don't know. I don't know one yeah. of them, one of the people, yeah. one of the peoples. But they were talking about how you know they have an opportunity here with the way the tournament has laid itself out to kind of avenge right. losses that you had. Yep. And they did that yesterday with one, and you have a chance um, here this afternoon to do it again. Yeah, that's true. It does It does lay out that way. I cringe any time I hear revenge to her because I just remember Chase. No, I think it's a great term. <laughs> it's a great term. I think it worked out very well for the other uh, school that used out. it. Did not work out well for them. It worked out well until one game. You know, It could work right. out well for us until one game, too. You know, And yeah. the irony could be it could be that, that team t- that you're playing. <laughs> Correct. Right? Think that, about the irony. A- that's a big one game, though. To I mean, like the revenge tour, it really has to end with that game. It you used know, to be. It used that to be. Can't a be the game. one you blow it up. That's what we have to accept. We have to accept that it used to be. And what do we oh, learn here, folks? Yeah. When you wear gray, you win. It's simple Gosh, as that. So great in the gray. It's simple as that. So great in the gray. Bro, did you see Evan Turner's so pop up video yesterday? It was no, one of my three it. things. That then got bumped down. Big Ten Network posted it, and he said, "Everybody bleeds scarlet, but champions bleed gray." And I was like, "Oh, gosh, that's gosh. beautiful, Evan." Gosh, Put I mean, if I, if I couldn't love the le- if I couldn't lo- love the legend anymore, he just yeah. he spoke to my heart. He did. Yeah. Well, he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. Yeah, you look good. It looks good. It's going to be solid. By the way, these these Big Ten quarters are pretty. This is good. 
So a lot of good hoops here, man. You're talking about oh, Michigan yeah. and Maryland. Michigan State is probably out after the mm-hmm. loss to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan and Maryland, you think about Illinois and Rutgers, Iowa, Wisconsin, and us and uh, Purdue. That's pretty good, and it'll set up for a monster You know who else is living pretty good? Yeah. Anthony Rothman and Matty Ice. These damn one-hour power hours, the shows that they do you get think to do. It, do you think it hit Bob this morning that he would have basically been off? Oh, gosh. If he had Absolutely. been on, the, on his old show? It's of course. To do. Oh, we man. never get preempted. Like, have you seen Bob's workout vids? We're here. You see his deadlift? What am I hardest seeing? I mean, I yeah. don't want to talk about his form, but it's all right. <laughs> He's strong. To... He's strong. Why poke the bear like that? Because. You could show him. You could show it... him the perfect, and he would still have a matter. rebuttal. I don't care. He's, still... He's like my dad. Like someone would correct my dad about his form. Okay, you do. <laughs> he was shrugging like a, I'm not kidding. He has a picture of him shrugging a thousand pounds, and he said that day some guy in the gym went up to him and just started telling him how his, he wasn't getting all the way up to his, you know shrugging wow. all the way up. You left a thousand pounds, then, sir. Can you Doesn't matter any form. It's still a lot of weight. Stones on somebody to walk up to any human who's just shrugged a thousand pounds. There was a guy wearing a bench shirt in his June. Your his dad. Gym. The this guy animal? wearing a bench shirt, and he walked in. The guy Dude, was wearing any- a bench shirt. Bench is like four, 375. My dad walks in, puts 315 with no bench shirt, starts warming up for incline. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there was a lot of good stuff out in the 80s. Could you? I'm sitting there drinking a Metal Ball protein shake, probably like 800 calories. Like, oh, good job, Dad. Did he? <laughs> it's not like anybody didn't know who he was. He was rather Of course not. He was co-owner of the gym, too, which is Beach Ball Central in there. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was one of those places, awesome. bro, where it was like there was a weight room chalk everywhere and it never got cleaned up. You know, like, hey, are you ever going to mop well, this? No. No. It adds to the character of it. It's going to be hard rock and it's going to be just chalk everywhere and probably to, <laughs> probably some Anibal horse so syringes. Mad. I am so bad that the rock beat us to the young rock. I'm so mad mm. because it's just an incredible scene. Uh, young little James running around with the animal. It's Bro, just there's too much content. So much lengthy one on Netflix would have been great. It really would have been. Um, you'll hear from Coach Holtman. Uh, how do you win and move on? He'll answer that question coming up next. Bishop and Lauren is right here on the fan. Man and Bone have a simple philosophy for their show: talk some sports, have some laughs, and get very fat. Common Man and T Bone weekdays at three. The fan. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis is What's Up? What's up, man? So Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up on a Friday. Survive in advance. They do. A win is what matters most, and they got one. 79-75 over Minnesota. Uh, the finish is what the finish is. But now you turn your attention to Purdue, uh, and Coach Holtman echoed that when asked about the finish and said, look, just win and move on. Survive in advance. Yep, survive in advance. Um, uh, that, that's happening all across college basketball right now with, with teams that uh, give Minnesota credit. They made a lot of plays there late. We we helped them on a couple possessions, but they made a lot of plays. Marcus Carr was a load there late. Yeah, and, and I understand his approach there. I get it. Like, mm-hmm. nothing to see here. Everyone's yeah. doing it. We'll be fine. He even referenced a game with uh, – he referenced a Wisconsin game. Uh, in it as well, where he talked about about it, and I I, get, I understand what he's doing. It's it's our job to uh, doing this and, and taking a look at what happened to go. Well, that can't happen anymore. It's his job to go. Look, we're fine because yeah. he doesn't have time now. Right. If you're going to fix something like that, that was going into the Illinois game. Yep. And it's something that now just has to be fixed on the fly, on the treadmill, so to speak. Yep. You, you can't fix it. There's no time to fix. You're playing a game today at noon or at two o'clock. 
Yep. Yep. And <laughs> look, what do you what do you want? I mean, out of, out of this, he is his main goal now. And this is if you lose this tournament right now, like if you lost yesterday, it'd be hard to you wouldn't be able to just to flush it and move on to March Madness, you know, to the big dance because you'd have a while to sit and think about it. But when you win, you have to flush it. Like we don't have time. Yeah. We don't have time to go over this stuff. There's some things that maybe you can um, have a one-on-one conversation with a player or something like that. But as far as overarching team, you know, you don't have that time because you're trying to you're trying also to weigh how do you have a mental rest for your guys and also a physical rest for your guys. This is this is going to be an absolute marathon. Like the key is. You're staying over. This is what I'm wondering. Are, are they just going to stay in Indy from here on out? I know that we talked about that last. I guess I haven't. I don't know that anyone's asked, asked Holtman that, and I don't I know. know if there's. But I know that the NCAA wanted that. Yeah, I mean, they wanted them to, everybody to stay at their conference tournament sites and just stay there. Yeah. Um. You know. So uh, maybe it would stink. Like if you lost today at two o'clock, it would stink to have to stay there right. until next right. Thursday. Right. Or right. Friday. Right. All I know is that they win. You're thinking to yourself, how much do I want to get the guys? Do I want to wake them up the next morning at seven and you know talk about certain things we got to correct, you know, or do I want to get them a mental just break and a physical yeah. break? And you probably wake them up and you make a move around the hotel if you're, you know wherever you're allowed to, um, because that's what heck that's what we used to do. Doesn't matter what time, trust was going to have us wake up. We we're going to go for a walk. We we're going to do a walk through. You're going to get yeah. the juices because you don't want you laying around all day. But there comes a point, too, where you had breaks to be able to kind of like decompress, take your mind off it so you don't get worn out and burnt out with it. Yeah. Yeah. You, that, that's going to be the balance. And the, what, the thing that stinks about the way this finished, we'll ask George Reese about it in a second, is, is the start was awesome. The end of the first half was awesome. This thing was done. This was cooked. Yeah. And the last minute and a half – Puts a bad taste in your mouth. But other than that, it was it was a near flawless performance. And Coach Holtzman was asked about the start to the game and the way his team played defense really for 38 of the 40 minutes. I thought we were really defending well, Ron. Really defended well. Now, they, they, they attacked us a little bit um, in ball screen situations. Uh, you know, later in the second half where we had to change things up. But I, I thought by and large... Uh, really, with the exception of when they got going in the last two and a half minutes, I thought we defended really well. And this, uh, all this audio, of course, courtesy of Ohio State Learfield IMG, talking to Ronnie and Paul on the postgame show yesterday. Uh, we'll get George Reese's take on this. That is coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. On air, online, on the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Threes and Uncle Bo. If you know, you know. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, time to head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our good buddy George Reese. Of course, stand out on the 99 Final Four team here at Ohio State. Knows a little bit about making a run in March. George, I got great talking to you, Reese. I, I don't love the last minute and a half, and it's been going on for a month. And I, how do you coach out of this, man? What is happening? Why are we so jittery to close games? Why are we so panicky? Why are we inbounding on press breakers and going to the corner and picking up the ball? What are we doing, Reese? Help me. That, that That's like uh, press breaker one-on-one, right? Stay out of the corner yes. so you don't have the extra invisible man that can trap you you know, with two defenders. 
Um, Bo, I'm still trying to figure this thing out, too, man. Uh, this this team just needs to get their swagger back. You know, I think ever since, you know, we talk about the team up north, ever since that game with Michigan, it looked like we belong, one of the better teams in the country. But it seems like after that game, the last two minutes, the turnovers and things that we, that we you know, committed that game and we lost, it seems like it's just been a, a hangover from that. And then you turn around and we go to East Lansing, and everybody knows how that went, right? It seemed like we just got beat up. You know, Coach Holman got ejected from the game. And ever since then, it seemed like this team is kind of doubting themselves by the way they play basketball. Yeah, George, when you're in a tournament setting like this, how do you – I was telling Bo, you know, they just got to win yesterday, first off, right? You got to get that right. feeling back about getting in the locker room, the videos we saw all year long, singing the fight song, jumping around. Like, there's something to feeling good. But the way it happened, like, how much as a player do you in this sport kind of just say, you know what, at this point it doesn't matter how it looks, just win and we keep going, versus kind of saying the underlying elephant in the room of, yeah, we won, but, man, we haven't fixed that that elephant in the room of the last few minutes not being able to put the, the ball in the hoop. Three, you, you're speaking from a professional standpoint, right? You know, when you're playing at the highest level, you understand that every game matters, and if you get it done, you get it done. Guys get the bonuses on their check, <laughs> you know, at the end yep. of the month. But yeah. these kids need to realize that, hey, we, we won. Forget how it looked. We went ugly, surviving events. I mean, everybody knows we need this next game against Purdue to kind of lock in our, you know, seating for the tournament. But you just can't focus on the small things that – as far as like how it ended, we just got to, you know, hopefully, like you said, Bo, look at those press breaker. It was 18-2 run. I think Minnesota went on the last few minutes of the yeah. game. Just dissect only that part of the film so where guys can like, hey, guys, we probably could have beat this team by 15 or 20 points if we just took care of the ball down the stretch. And I think they move yeah, on. Yeah, that's the thing that drove me nuts is because, you know, this is like stuff that I would scream at my nine-year-olds about. <laughs> like inbounding the ball into the corner and then just throwing it back to the middle. Like, we had two timeouts. The lack of composure, we're a veteran team. We should have more composure than that. And we were lucky. I mean, EJ, that could have been a turnover very easily where he got it to Dwayne, but that very easily could have been a turnover again. I mean, I felt like if we play another 30 seconds, we might lose the game. So so if you're Coach Holtman and you're trying to get these guys to believe in the last two minutes, because, boy, they came out believing, right? Awesome start to the game, great finish to the first half. You love everything except the last two minutes, honestly. So how do you get that back? How do you go to CJ? Do you go to Dwayne? Do you go to Justice? How do you get back that ability to, we're bulletproof down the stretch, this is who's going to have the ball in their hands, and this is how we're going to execute in these late-game situations? Like I said before, I think you've got to move on from this game. Like you said, they, they have the experience. You know, have a meeting with CJ, you know, Dwayne and EJ and say, hey, guys, we can't finish the game like that. You guys are our leaders. But the positives, look at the positives. Kyle Young is back. Look how he's full strength. Musa Jallo off the bench. I mean, come on. It's it's tough to beat this Ohio State team when you got Musa coming coming off the bench and and playing like he's playing. And then look at Justice. Everybody was, you know, down on Justice after the Michigan State game, how he played down the stretch. But he comes out and gives you 16-7. and I mean, that's, that's something positive that we can build on and move on. So hopefully Coach Holtman is saying, hey, guys, tighten up, and we got to look forward to Purdue today. Yeah, George, how much different do we feel about this team if they either win that Michigan game, which was game of the year in college basketball, yes. or Absolutely. even just Illinois? Like, if you win one of those two, and you're saying, hey, you know, we're, we're one out of three in the last four, but you beat one of those two teams, this whole thing feels different, doesn't it, in this tournament? Absolutely. I mean, you know, confidence is confidence is about repetition. Confidence is like momentum. 
And I just think the momentum has been bad, and you start hearing the media, and you know, guys get on there every day saying, you know, this team is really not that good to be ranked fourth in the country how they were. So it's just like, like I said, maybe these guys are on social media a little too much, you know, Twitter fingers and paying attention to what the naysayers are saying. But like I said, I think the way they the way they played the season out is, you know, make sure Cal Young got healthy, who I feel like is, you know, probably the glue and one of the more important players to this team. It looked like he's backing at it. He's dunking on guys, playing with that aggressiveness because they play with the small ball lineup. He's probably the most important piece to that team when they playing with that lineup. So having Musa Jalo coming off the bench, he's looking healthy. Cal Young is ready to go. That's going to give them the confidence because these are your guys that you don't really have to plan for or run a play in the offensive sets. Former Buckeye George Reese on that Final Four team in 99, joining us on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Reese, all right, so it's Purdue today at 2. Flush it, survive in advance. It's cliche, but it's true. That's what it is. In tournament time, these things come quick. So you play today at 2 o'clock against Purdue. I really feel like a win is is necessary to lock in the two-line. I do. I think you got to have it. I think if you lose, I think you're going to tr- trickle down to that three line. I think it's important to be a two. I think it validates what how magical the season's been. When you look at and, and there's some poetic justice here, isn't there? Because this the collapse against Purdue here, so there's a chance yes. to exercise that demon as well. When you look at the match of Purdue, how will you know that it's going right? Is there, what will you be looking for early to let you know that okay, we're where we need to be mentally for this one? I think the rebounding. Like you said, not to sound cliche, but if you look at this lineup, you talk about um, Aaron's, you talk about suing Washington, like it's the prototype small ball lineup with EJ. What I've been noticing every time I look at the box score after the game, no guy is really over six or seven rebounds almost every game. And it seems like you're going to play against these teams that have such a big lineup, like Travion Williams from Purdue, who basically bought out and had a double-double against Ohio State that before. Michigan, Michigan State, the, the ingredients are similar. Teams are bigger, they wear us down, and then we just can't close out the game because it comes down to offensive rebounds and those putbacks that teams get in a timely manner. With with this momentum, uh, that uh, look, this year is hard for me to judge because, for one, they've overachieved in my preseason thoughts of what this basketball team is going to be. This team has overachieved, but then you, know, you get midseason, and that's not a fluky number four. Their resume was real, and it still is. And then you start right. to look at them, and you're like, okay, well, how do we judge – what kind of run do they need to make in the big tourney to keep momentum for Coach Holtman in this program to continue to build? Because I think that this year surprised everybody, but I think that it has the potential. You, like Bo said, you get that two seed, and now it, it, it helps recruiting. It helps the image of Ohio State basketball and Coach Holtman's reign. How far do they need to go in the ultimate big dance? I think um, you know, Sweet 16 always sounds nice when you put on the resume, a resume for a season, Sweet 16. I think it kind of validates, you know, coaching staff and the players. Um, I think I know they're probably looking forward to playing against some other teams because we always talk about the Big Ten Conference is the best in the country. We really don't. We talk about the players. But what about the coaching staff? I mean, it's been tough for Ohio State the second half of the season because those great coaching staffs are the teams we've been playing against. There's no more secrets. They're scouting Dwayne Washington differently. They're playing EJ differently. So maybe getting out of it and not having the same familiarity and these coaches really don't know that you know, EJ likes to catch it at the top of the key and knock a three down, or uh, Musa and Cal Young like to get out in transition. There's going to be some unfamiliarity going into the tournament, and that's how you can breed confidence because things tend to get a little easier outside of that. That is George Reese. It is good talking to you again, my friend. We'll do this again real soon. 
Yes, sir, man. Hopefully I get on some Weller 12, act accordingly, you know, watch the game today. Hopefully the Buckeyes can, uh, can get it done today, man. <laughs> man, you poured some Weller 12 at 2 o'clock. You're living, brother. Right. Hey, hey, you know, it's a Friday. It's a Friday. Got to act accordingly. What they say is, it's, it's what, 3 o'clock in Rome? So, you know, it's about 3 or 4 o'clock in Rome. So, trying to be six hours That's ahead true. here. <laughs> You're about to God's ears. God bless you, buddy. Good talking to you, buddy. Appreciate you guys, man. Nice talking to you. Man, I love George Reese. He, love that guy, man. Absolutely great. It's a great perspective strong, there, too. Strong. 2 p.m. I mean, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Fire well, and up. also a pretty dang good selection there on a Weller 12. I mean, that's a, that's a nice way to start a weekend at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Is, is poor Absolutely. Is. Good job out of him. Yeah. So this was all fun. What we're going to do next is not going to be fun. What do you mean? What's all. next? In fact, do we have to? In fact, do we have? <laughs> we've put it off long enough. Uh, in fact, you could probably say it's even sobering. Uh, we will do that coming up next. Jackets in a bad, bad spot. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Two legends, one show. Well, it's all a lie. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Boy, some breaking news here in the last 10 minutes. Uh, March Madness, of course, starts next week. Championship week going on now. Now Virginia is out of the ACC tournament following a positive COVID-19 test with the program. Uh, so that is now that's Duke yesterday, Virginia today. So Georgia Tech will get the bye. Virginia was the one seed in the ACC tournament. Georgia Tech will get the bye to play Florida State or North Carolina. Mm. It's a reminder of how dicey this could be. Yeah. I mean, if this happens next week. Yeah. They can get your, uh, they can get replacement teams. Be ready. Man. You know, you I might mean, not be out talking, after all. Yeah. Jeez, that's tough. That is a that's a tough spot. Um, also, this uh, and yes, I am putting off the negativity of having to talk about the blue. It's okay, Jackets I got something we can laugh about one, before we do a deep dive into a negative town. But go well, ahead, before we do first. laugh, I want to do one one more example of just how bad it's gotten for Scott Frost at Nebraska. According to Brett McMurphy, Nebraska is trying to get out of playing Oklahoma on September eighteenth. The Corneskers have contacted other schools to play in Lincoln on that date. The game was scheduled to mark the 50th anniversary of the game of the century between number one Nebraska and number two Oklahoma, and they're trying to get out of playing it. They know they're going to get smoked. <laughs> it's probably it's probably wise to try to get out of that. You ever thought I that have, this many years mean, into it? Meanwhile, I have uh, Aria in here with me because she, oh. for some reason, she wanted to stay home um, while. Yeah. While Shelly took London to school, and so she's been playing on her iPad behind me the whole time, just purely yes. quiet. And so, what an angel! I just went to the bathroom in the break, and as I'm going to the bathroom, she goes, "Daddy, do you want to know why it's stinky in there?" I'm like, "Go ahead, hon," because I just pooped. Yes, I I, I understand, awesome. hon. I understand how yep. that works. And then I go, "Hey, mommy's home. Do you want to go downstairs?" No. Okay. <laughs> okay. She will avenge you. At some point, she's going to avenge you. She's going to show up with a blade and avenge someone who... <sighs> That'll now happen. to Negative Town. <sighs> so, yesterday, last night, it was 3-1. to one, And uh, the blonde was out uh, with one of her friends. And I said, you know what? I haven't watched... It was 3-1 jackets, up 3-1. I said, oh, you're safe. They're going to win. I said, the line A goal. Okay, fine. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see what else is on. I've watched a lot of sports today, a lot of basketball. I need a little break. need to kind of decompress a little bit. This one's probably safe. I get a text from my man Threes, and he goes, are you watching this? <laughs> and I go, what do I need to be watching? So I flip it over, and you inform me that, in fact, three. it wasn't just 3-1. It was 4-1. to one. 
Yeah. And then I watched the end, uh, and it was four four, and then five four, and um, and the wheels, my friend, are off. They've they've we've probably delayed it. Yeah. Um, we as long as we could. Yeah. We we talked about that stretch, that seven game stretch where they had to win five of the seven, and they won what two. Um, and, and now you're talking about consecutive losses, but beyond that, there's much <laughs> bigger issues here. Um, I it, said you watching this train wreck at nine twenty one. That's why I text you. That's what you text. Bailed at three no. one. What have I missed? <laughs> what have you exchange. missed? Where do I start? Sorry. Jeez. So you watched all. You watched the collapse. Mm-hmm. Sure did. And, and what's yep. crazy is, is for the first two periods, which I watched all of, all the way up to the three one. I said, okay, this is pretty good. Here's pretty why good. this hurts. Yeah. Here's why this hurts so much, because up to that point. You said to yourself, Liney's point streaks down. Oh, Liney scores. Okay. There we go. Finally, Patrick scores. Oh, next goal. Domi, get out of here. Domi had the sweet sauce assist over the uh, Bjorki. And you're saying also, you know, Domi's trying to pass it again. Stick gets hit. Doesn't even go to cross. Goes five hole. And you're thinking, lucky goal. But damn it, it went in. You know, it's kind of like the basketball guy who goes to, he's in a rut, takes a three, it banks in. You're like, I don't, I didn't try that, but I don't care. I saw it go through the hoop, so I feel better about myself. That's what I'm thinking for Max. And I'm like, you know what? This looks great. 4 1, the two guys that we've traded for got goals. Maybe this will spark a here we go now feeling inside that mm-hmm. locker room. Yep. And then. The Panthers turn up the Jets, and we just decide to hang around. Liney struggles in our own zone, turns the puck over on a bouncing puck. I'm not going to sit here and say it was a perfect pass, but a bouncing puck, he doesn't get it out of the zone. That stays down in there. Boom. Goal. There, there are certain things that it gets to the point to where, and I text you this as well, it's 4-4. I understand that there were frustrating parts of the game with Patrick Liney. There are certain times where, to be honest, he looks lost. I don't know if it's just not a familiarity with the scheme, what's expected. We know he had no confidence, but this is after the goal even. But regardless, I thought he played okay. You know, it wasn't his best, but I thought he played okay. He played good enough, in my opinion, but I'm not the coach, to play. When you get the three-on-three hockey, you're th- who are my guys that can put the puck in the net? Yeah. And I'm sorry, this is where we're getting in in tough territory. Do you want the guys who are going to try really hard? And that's that's Nick, and that's Boone, that's got you know these guys try their tail off. Of course they do. Or do you want the guy that can control the pucks, skate around with it, and snipe it? I I don't I don't know the right answer, but right now I know is that this team has an issue to where your most talented player on the team from. The NHL global view as Patrick Liney. That's why he's trending on hockey Twitter. Right. Is the fact that people that aren't watching and don't understand, even people that aren't watching, like it's 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 the feeling of I'm trying to put a football analogy for a really hardcore football town. Randy Moss. Remember how polarizing Randy was? He doesn't yeah. run hard every snap. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. His skill level was to a point. He doesn't need to. You know, guess what? The ball ain't going to him. Why am I sprinting? That was his whole attitude. And he's in the Hall of Fame. He's got a gold jacket. And teams kept paying him and trading for him because he's a unique talent. Now, I'm not saying Patrick Lonnie's Randy Moss, but he's one of those skilled snipers to where 
the rest of the NHL, I have some buddies who follow it deeply, and I'm like, yeah, you know, he's just not playing because of you know the effort stuff. And guys, some guys outside of our city, and I know that's how our team's been built as this yeah. rough and tough. But guys outside of it say, who cares? Duke can score. Like, why does a guy try hard? I mean, yes, I understand in sports, and if I have been raised that way, and I played that way, I had to give everything. Why? Because I didn't have the skill set of Patrick Willis. I didn't have the skill set. I couldn't run fast. I didn't. I had to use angles and effort. I had to make certain plays that I wasn't supposed to, where I blitz and fall down because I'm unathletic and get up and hustle, and because the guy cut back, I get a tackle. Right? Like those are certain things that I had to play that way to survive. But there are some out there that don't have to play that way. And what's frustrating is, for whatever reason, our top score, our top skilled player, I won't say score, top skilled player, sniper, is not on the ice for most of the third period when things are going downhill. And I'm not saying this to bash Torts at all. I'm saying it as a matter of fact that if you're going to keep Tortorella, then trade away Liney and Domi and guys that don't fit. If you're going to keep Liney and want him to be part of your future, then obviously there's a frustration with Tortorella. And we're getting to this point to where either Yarmo has to admit that we basically treated PLD like a rental, and these guys are rentals, and just whatever we could get for PLD to get out of the building, and we have to ship them away and restart with prospects and draft picks to find a number one center that we had and we moved out of the building. Or you got to make a coaching change. And we're, we're past the point of no return here on the season. I, I've been trying to hold out hope for selfish reasons because I want to be able to watch meaningful hockey through you know May. That's what I've been holding out hope for. Yeah. And as we've all experienced in the city, an amazing run. What it can do to the city, it captivates you, it gets you all in. I mean, my goodness, the the photos I was going through my phone uh, just this morning showing the girls' photos of when we lived in Nashville um, because London misses the magnolia flowers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, you know, I'm going through it, and I'm like, I paused on a photo of the playoff game against the Lightning and just seeing that building and being like, holy smokes, yeah, look at awesome. this, you know, and – the excitement and just like you forget because there's been no fans like that, that excitement captivates the whole town. It was it's on every local station, right? That it was it was a it was a jumping off point. But we're not that team now. We're not that team, and we're at a point where we have to make a decision as an organization. Which way are we going? Is it coach or is it these players? If these players don't fit for what you want to be your identity, and I'm not saying one is right or the other. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not Yarmo. I'm not the man in charge. But I know that what I'm watching, it is not working, and it's not fitting. And I think that you can't lie to the to the Blue Jacket fan that's in the building or the ones that are watching. Like, if you watched last night, you're, you're a damn diehard Blue Jacket fan. Because, you, for one, you have to have a certain cable provider to even watch the damn Jackets because of Fox Sports Ohio. <laughs> and then you gotta, you know, you're watching, you're paying attention to a team that's been struggling. So, I think you have to, you're, you're not going to fool the fan on this, Bo. Like, it's not working. The marriage. You have Liney in the media saying afterwards, I thought I played pretty good, with the exception of the one goal that was, you know, puck bounced over my stick in our own end. Besides that, I thought I was playing pretty good. So, no, I don't understand why I wasn't playing late. He's your best offensive player. He is the. He is the guy that you traded a legit number one centerman who, for reasons beyond any explanation, did not want to be here anymore. And that one stinks. But you said if you have to trade him, well, you got a sniper back. 
right? Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. a sniper back. And that sniper played two minutes and 20 a seconds. A big-time goal score is what got total. you excited about the, the deal. He, sco- he played two minutes and 20 seconds total in the third period in overtime. Yeah. And you can do tough love, and you got to play the right way. You want you want to know what? You can say play the right way if you're the best team in the NHL, if you're a one seed, if you're a right. two seed. Then right. people have to follow you. If you're the Detroit yeah. Red Wings of the 90s and you say, well, this is how we play. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. If you're the Devils, remember those Lou Lamorello De- Devils teams, the way they yeah. played defensively? How If you're that and you're winning cups – Mm-hmm. You can't say you have to play the right way if you're scratching and clawing to be the eight seed, mm-hmm. right? The reality is, is there has been a mass exodus of talent yes. here, and what you have in return does not fit the way that this thing was built, right. and that's painfully obvious watching yeah. this team play. Yeah, and was made abundantly clear last night. You mentioned Line A here. Yeah, he's he's a pro. He's at the mic yesterday, played two minutes and 20 seconds in the third period in overtime. Here's what he had to say about it. Um, yeah, we got scoring a couple times, but, um, you know, I think the first two, um, if you take out the one play, where the puck was bouncing a little bit and couldn't get it out, and they end up scoring, I thought I was playing good, but um, I guess I, th- I thought wrong. That's I mean, a frustrated it's... player right there, my friend. Yeah. And here's where the frustration builds. He's frustrated at himself. He, that's why you say you have no confidence, because you're frustrated at yourself. You want to score. You want to score. You want to help the team. And you want to help yourself. You want to, Because his press conference, even, what was it, yes, two days ago, where he's in front of the media and he said, the guys have been absolutely great. This team's awesome. You know, like, I think that's legit. I think he loves the players. And the situation coming over in the middle of a pandemic, trying to figure all this out, I think it's difficult, but... I think he appreciates the players he's with, but he's also wanting to contribute. He knows what he was a year ago in Winnipeg. He's a sniper. And so he wants to continue to be a sniper, right, and score goals, whether that's for before all this stuff, Columbus, or whether it's for another team, right? You're, you're playing for the whole league to affect your money. He wants to score for personal reasons and for team reasons. And then you finally get some production with the assist and the goal. And, and I agree, the puck was bouncing over a stick. And does he play the right way all the time? No. He doesn't, but regardless, he's a sniper. And you finally feel like you're maybe maybe I'm starting to get into, all right, good, I saw the puck go in the net. Ah, I played okay. In the mid-game, you're like, hold on, what? Why am, I not, why am I not going out there? And I'm sure in his mind, he won't say it, but in his mind, he's seeing guys that he knows he's a way better scorer than getting ice time. Yeah. And so now it's just building this, what I would assume would be resentment towards the whole situation. You start to resent the situation. Here's the here's the thing. If if the and the Max Domi Max Domi deal with Anderson looks like a disaster. The the line A thing, if 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 the line A deal, if that doesn't work, then now you're talking about a whole nother set of issues. Like mm-hmm. it's incumbent on the organization to get the best out of Patrick Line A because he is an elite talent. Yes, and it's incumbent on the organization for him to like it here and for him to be at his best here. That's important. It's really important because if it isn't, then you are honestly you don't even like saying it. You're back to you got to be in tank mode. Honestly, yeah. If he doesn't, because then that does that then shuffle down into Seth Jones because mm-hmm. that happens this summer, and that's going to be a tough conversation. This is not the way you want to go into a Seth Jones 
contract negotiation long term extension. <laughs> this ain't it. No, it's not doing it. No, because what's the vision? It, it is. Because what's the vision? I don't know. I don't. They have. They have. They really lack identity right now. I keep talking about how they want to play, but it's it's not manifest. I was trying to hold on hope that this thing was not over, but this is not a playoff hockey team, and it is no. We have to accept that now, and we're going to be sellers at the deadline. It's just how many are we selling? And this is what they have to guess. Like, do you sell players because you want to keep the same direction you're going? Or do you sell the coach and try to change direction? Or do you try to change direction with the coach? But right now you're in this in-between stage that's just awkward for everybody. Because it seems yeah. like you want to play a certain style of hockey that you've always coached and always played, but the players don't fit. It's like no. you're trying to be Rich no. Rodriguez at Michigan. We're trying to go spread. That's but we a got great a, one. right? Yep. But we yep. got a whole bunch of 21 personnel dudes. Yeah, that's what's happening right now, and it, it does beg the question, what's next? We'll tackle that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Buckeyes, Jackets, Crew, and Panama Ted yelling about something being too hot. I don't understand it either. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Well-dressed, well-spoken, but never, ever a well-drink. How about chaos? Insanity. Absolute insanity. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And brought to you by our great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need or search and replace windows, check them out at windownation.com. They will take care of you the way that they take care of us. And the new fan store is open. Yeah. Check it out. Awesome Tom, stuff. Tom great Brady gear. has a new deal. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. He does have a new deal. Yeah. Uh, Fifty-two years old. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to play forever, I guess. Um, all right. So this is the most consequential See, it's 20 years of the franchise. You've had these incredible moments, these great runs the last couple of years. Um, you, you've, you've exercised so many demons of not being able to win playoff series and create moments and momentum and all of it. And, um, and, and so you want to, you want to build off of that. And that's been derailed a little bit by what's happened here. Yeah. Uh, by guys who you th- thought at the time a couple of years ago would be cornerstones of what you built in Anderson and PLD. They're gone. Just uh, last total- year in the bubble, you thought PLD. Oh, boy. You're like, oh, man, Did he here he is. Step? Here's our top-line center, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and clearly, the organization's still reeling from that. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Clearly. Um, but it's done, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so now you have um, you have acquired guys who don't look like they fit. You have a coach who is on who is a lame duck in, from the standpoint of his contract is up. You've got a Seth Jones negotiation that's got to take place this summer. You've got a trading deadline coming up. Where you have to decide what you're going to do with it, you got to get some assets. You've got to get yeah. this, and you got to decide what you're going to be as a team. And it's the first time since Yarmo Kekalainen has been here, where all eyes on him. Yeah. He's got some big decisions that can that will change the trajectory of this franchise. And and to me, what's happening right now is untenable. Mm-hmm. It can't continue. Um, it's it's been it's been long enough, and. If if you are going to be a team that can contend and be a team that continues to be in the mix, then Patrick Line needs to be here and be playing at his best because he's an elite talent. You don't have anybody else in the organization like him, right? You don't. Snipers like that don't, aren't. You no. can't just find them out there. No, and you've already given up a number one centerman to get him. Yeah. Now, not by your choice. You would rather had PLD, and we still don't know why that. Didn't and then you go heard right, earlier this week with Greg too. on, right? Like number one centers, the only way you're going to get one is in the draft. Yeah. It's got to be a prospect. Yeah. So, and we, and you know what? It doesn't even really matter 
what the reason was that PLD didn't want to be here. What matters is he didn't. Right. That's really all that matters. So it doesn't change your perspective if he said, what if he came out and said, I just think the relationship with Torts was so toxic I had to leave. It doesn't matter, though, because what's done is done now. And and it and I guess when I say it doesn't matter, it falls at the organization's feet either and way. I'm not saying that's Torts' fault either, by the way. No, no, way. I I'm agree. I'm saying I, that is I, I understand. relationships are a two-way street, right? I mean... Well, what I'm saying is, is regardless of the reason, it yeah. falls with the organization's fault that it got to that point. Right. So here's where we are. We have a team that has been, or a franchise who has been known as a stepping stone to something better in NHL circles. We made a run against the Lightning and created the best upset maybe in NHL history with a sweep of that team. Yep. That didn't lead to ultimate sustained success. It led to another playoff berth the following year, but it didn't lead to... Because look where we are now. Panarin left for a bigger city, so we're still that you know we're, we're that we're that club right oh, now. Oh, there's a lot of insecurity to it. Yep. Um, we thought we had a number one center, a true dude that was young and that was going to grow in our organization who said, nope, I'm out, I want out, that we dealt. Uh, we had another big physical... Forward and Josh Anderson that we thought was going to be a big part of it and dealt him. Part of the identity. And two of the guys that we got back for him are frustrated. Um, and we had right to be frustrated with them too. They both run, you know, droughts. But regardless, it was it didn't seem like fits. You know, so then, then we've become this tweener team. But we thought, you know, at least we have great defense and great goaltending. We have two goalies. We're going to trade one for just King's Ransom. Do we? That trademark seems to have dried up for both goaltenders. And it's not their fault. It could be the injury with Elvis. It could be part of the fact that our defensemen, even Seth and Zach, aren't playing up to what their normal standards are. Um, I thought the one goal that Florida had, which, by the way, how about your first career goal being the... Did you see the replay of that? Because I know you tuned out. But the, the baseball bat swing, this kid scores a goal for the Panthers. And the puck you know, gets shot. It's up in the air. Yeah. He's straight up baseball bats for his first career NHL goal. Boom. Right at shoulder level. Smack. Out of the air. In the net. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even mad at that point. I'm like, <laughs> that's impressive. That's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> but on that play, Seth's back-checking... And, you, I mean, the other defense, I think Zach is kind of trying to force the pass, and Seth goes to the guy with the puck, too, pick up the open man. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a pro defenseman, but, I mean, if, if you look like the – anyway, that's the way our coach back in high school. Now I'm playing high school. Now I'm playing high school analyst. <laughs> but um, <laughs> regardless, we're, we're at a team now to where all this has a, a ripple effect or a domino effect, if you will, of you have stars leaving. So the NHL – I thought having Greg on was enlightening um, to how we look at our team here in town and then how the NHL looks at us as an overall. Yeah. And overall, it looks at a place where like people want out of Columbus. Panarin just wanted a big city. Other PLD didn't say why, but people are leaving Columbus. Um, Greg was very interesting on when I said that you know we have a tweener. He's like, Torts always coaching tweeners. They're always in the bubble. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I know record-wise we are, but as far as identity, we're in a meal, you know, a, a real tweener. And that game yesterday just basically shoved all of our fears down your throat. It yeah, was the worst all of possible. Your worst fears, yeah. 
Yeah, because it's the the stars that we had traded for. Were finally, you felt yes, they produced. We're gonna get a W over Florida. You know, we split this. We're still at a point. You know, one one point kind of pace. It's not good enough, but you know, at least we didn't get swept. Whew, I feel good about this. Elvis was looking fine, and all of a sudden, boom, five four, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, and, and it'll be a question for the coming weeks of where the organization goes from here. One good thing that, that we have to look forward to, which is nice to be a distraction, is March Madness, and it's coming fast. But some big news on that front, out of the ACC tournament with Virginia, a former national champion, Jordan Cornette will join us on that front coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Time for the Chris Holtman Daily Show. Brought to you locally on The Fan by Credit Union of Ohio and by the Stuckey Firm. This is Chris Oldman Daily Show, brought to you by Incova Insurance. Ohio State defeats Minnesota 79-75 of the Big Ten Tournament in Indianapolis. We get a chance to talk with the head coach, Chris Oldman. Congratulations on the win, Chris. Uh, not without some tense moments down the stretch, but a win's a win, right? Survive in advance. Yep, survive in advance. Um, that, that's happening all across college basketball right now with, with teams that uh, give Minnesota credit. They made a lot of plays there late. We, we helped them well in a couple possessions, but they made a lot of plays. Marcus Carr was a load there late. Yeah, Coach, just talk about the terrific start by your team, all the things that you felt they were doing good on both ends of the floor. I thought we were really defending well, Ron, really defended well. Now they, they, they attacked us a little bit um, in ball screen situations, uh, you know, later in the second half where we had to change things up. But I, I thought by and large, uh, really with the exception of when they got going in the last two and a half minutes, I thought we defended really well. Um, I, I, I really did. We just we – just, uh, it was really good. You're right. Our start was really good. All right. We'll have another comment in just a moment. Two guys who love to see it. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Well, Bishop James Laurinaitis with you here on a Friday of Championship Week. And uh, what a time to have our good buddy Jordan Cornette on. College basketball analyst, of course, at ESPN and the ACC Network. And, and let's start there, Jordan, because breaking news with Virginia now. So Duke yesterday, Virginia today. I, I want to try to just ignore all of this and just be thrilled about Championship Week and March Madness and all of it, but this is a this these are two huge developments here, and maybe tells us just how dicey this could get next week. Uh, I, I mean, absolutely, Bo James is going to be on with you guys. I wish I was on with you under under uh, better pretenses here, and this is obviously all developing this morning, and it's just kind of wild, man. I mean, if you guys think about obviously a year ago to the day. I know everybody talked about last year being a year ago to the day, but that was with the NBA that everything broke. Today was really the domino effect in college basketball when they shut everything down. And in that ACC tournament, I think of Florida State on the floor and deciding are they going to play Clemson or are they not? And then ultimately that game shut down, sports shut down, and the world shut down. And all this reason for optimism with the vaccine and us getting closer to the end of the tunnel but a year later, we're still in that uncertain position of, is the ACC tournament going to play? Is the tournament safe? Because as I mentioned, domino effect, guys. I mean, that's what's really going on here is you guys get prepped to watch the Buckeyes today and these conference tournaments. There is an elevated sense of trepidation across the sports landscape as it pertains to college basketball, wondering are we jeopardizing our tournament teams by playing here, having a positive test, and maybe having to quarantine, beat down key personnel for the most important time of the year, that being the big dance. So all eyes are on the ACC, how they choose to handle this. Do they proceed on with the remainder of the tournament? Uh, the other semifinal game still teed up for tonight. And, and I got to tell you, 
it seems kind of wild to still be doing it, knowing that the, the tournament is compromised. The champion won't truly really feel like a champ. Should they just protect these teams that do have bigger tournament aspirations? Yeah, Jordan, if you're a team over here, like in the Big Ten, like if you're Michigan, what's the point of playing through the tournament? You know, if you're if you're in this Big yeah. Ten tournament, if you're Gonzaga, what, what's the point of playing? Do you think any of these teams, in light of what's happened, these aren't hypotheticals anymore? If like, oh, what if these are two teams, Duke and Virginia, that are out? What what do you think? Do you think this is changing the minds of any of these athletic directors? Saying, hold on a second, if we already have a secured bid, a secured number one or two seed, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, James, that's why you set the defense, man. You have the foresight and the vision. I mean, that's the question being asked. <laughs> Like, that, that's really what this is. Is like, you mentioned Gonzaga. Well, Gonzaga's actually in a luxurious spot. Uh, one, because they played the West Coast Conference all season yeah. long. But their tournament's done. So they're automatically yeah. they're through their tournament. They got, obviously, they're going to be an at-large, best team in the country, but they got the AQ uh, winning that conference tournament. They're good. They're safe. They're quarantined and getting ready for the tournament. But Michigan, yeah, I mean, that team has a real chance, like a lot of them in the Big Ten, to win a national championship. Uh, as former athletes, uh, James, I know what it meant to you to win the Big Ten. I know what it would have meant for me and the Big East for us to have, a, have an opportunity to win a championship. Coach Bray covets the one from 2015 when they won in the ACC tournament. Teams value those almost like they value national championships. So you want that opportunity. But Michigan is surely thinking bigger. And, and what if they go out here and lose to Maryland today and, and then on top of it have a, have a negative test? They're, they've lost in their conference tournament, and now they're truly jeopardizing an opportunity to win the first title in 21 years of a conference. I would guarantee ADs, coaches, university presidents, conference commissioners are all on a horn talking about right now what is the proper move because at the end of the day, we have to. We have to have an NCAA tournament. It's a must. The sport cannot stand losing an opportunity to play in that. So, are we at the initial stages here? Yes. Am I being maybe overly cautious and fearing the worst? Who wouldn't after the year we've been through? So that's definitely the conversations that are being had right now. Well, and I, Jordan, I think you, you think about Virginia. I don't even know what, what does it look like. I mean, because they could have all these negative tests by next week to get to play. I mean, they have to have yeah. two negative tests before they can even go into the indie bubble or whatever they're calling it, snow globe, whatever, like before they can even go in. Like Virginia is a team of consequence. Yeah, absolutely. Virginia is absolutely one of those teams that we don't know to the level, the extent of, of how the virus is spread within the team. And those details are still coming out. So it could be a situation where Virginia's playing that first game traveling with six guys, playing five guys on the floor and hoping to get past a, a team in a, in a 3-14, 4-13 game. I mean, that might be what we're looking at here. I would just hate to feel like this tournament is compromised and teams are advancing by forfeit because teams have to opt out because of COVID tests. They'll do it. I mean, that, that, this tournament, like I said, has to go on. If teams are advancing by not playing a game in the NCAA tournament, don't think for one second that the tournament is going to be scrapped. I mean, you, you, as we know, they have these backup teams on deck ready to play if it comes to that. That's why I'm surprised to see Duke say they canceled their season after, after that test because we are aware that Joe Lenardi had them as one of the next four out. Now, right. that's a ways away from being in a tournament, but seeing what's happened today, seeing what happened yesterday in the ACC tournament, if there becomes a, a rack of teams like that, Duke gets in a tournament. Now, I, clearly, they were thinking, it doesn't matter. We don't want to be in under those pretenses. 
Uh, it's been a tumultuous season. We face enough attrition. We're done. But, guys, I'm just trying to set the table for it feels like chaos has entered the chat again, unfortunately. Jordan, reading the story about what the NCAA has done to get this thing basically off <laughs> next week in Indy and just the the – Pricing. I mean, what, what was it, Bo? Forty-seven million dollar filtration, filtration system yeah, the in the convention, convention center. center in Indy. I mean, all, all the stuff that they have undergone to try to, like you said, they can't afford not to have this tournament. Take me inside the locker room, though, as a basketball player. Do these kids know what they're getting themselves into when they're going into this globe or whatever? Like they're going to be. If you're advancing, you're in a hotel for a while, and you're in this. Yeah. I mean, you're in Indy. For there, it's not. Obviously, nothing's normal right now. It hasn't been for a year, but just as far as do they really understand what they're getting themselves into, and then take take I guess us and our listeners into that mindset of you know you're you're obviously just pumped that you'd be playing in the tourney, but you are staying in the same hotel for a long time. The longer you yeah. win, yeah. Well, I, I think it, it's as simple as this, James. Like these guys have not seen their families. They've been uh, taking these tests, jamming things up their nose uncomfortably from the beginning. Uh, they haven't been able to have a normal college experience. It's been around the basketball team without fans and playing these games. Is it torture? No. Is it challenging? Absolutely. As fatigue set into this point, 100%. And usually in a season, speaking as a former basketball player, when you got to March, it was all eyes on the sport. Crowds are really engaged. Like, it's one and done. You feel like it's a, it's a blank canvas and you're rejuvenated. You've recalibrated. You're ready to rock. Uh, without that vibe this year, it's just continuing to trudge on for these players. And, again, they're on TV. The world is still watching, just not on hand. But it's still been challenging. So their thought is, well, we've done this all year long. We've made all these sacrifices. The end of the tunnel, that's what we did this for have an opportunity to dance we're already going to be remembered as the most important class in college sports because of what we went through to keep these sports alive we want to pay that off with a championship we want to pay that off with a cinderella moment we want that upset we want to see ourselves on one shining moment in the montage when cbs wraps this thing up if we're lucky enough to get there so i think the athlete's mindset is we're going to keep our head down we're going to practice we're going to game plan for the team in front of us until we're told we're not playing or that team's not playing then we'll adjust. But the discipline and the focus has been at an elite level for these athletes all year long. And I'm just talking about men's basketball players, women's, Olympic sports, football players. Everybody should be celebrated for uh, the diligence and the vigilance in which they approach this thing. And I hope there's a reward at the end ultimately for them. Jordan, I'll get you out of here on this one. One actual basketball question. The Buckeyes need to beat Purdue today to be a two seed to stay on that two line. You think that's in jeopardy today if they with a loss? Yeah, I think it absolutely is in jeopardy. Uh, you know, I look at this game, I'm really excited to watch it. Now I'm, I'm nervous just to see us get to tip off and hope it gets played. Uh, and I do think it will. It's tough to beat a team three times. Purdue's on a precipice of doing that against Ohio State. I, as a, as a, as a former big, although I like to fashion myself as an inside out guy, maybe that's why I talk about the game more now than, <laughs> than actually playing it. Um, but it's going to come down to the inside. Zach Key's going to have to bring his hard hat and his lunch pail because Travion Williams and now Zach Eady, who's growing, it feels like, uh, both on the court and in life with size, is bringing it. So this game is going to be decided in the painted area. E.J. Liddell is going to have to exploit mismatches. Kyle Young's going to have to find a way to be productive in double figures like he was in this last one. Been a minute since he had done that. This game's going to be won in the paint. Who's the tougher team? And if Ohio State 
Uh, has the same effort on the backboard like they did yesterday against Minnesota without Liam Robbins, giving up 16 offensive rebounds, it ain't going to cut it. So they better come ready to play down low. Coach Holtman's one of the best in the country, as is Matt Painter. I think it comes down to a final possession, which might be a little scary when you got a closer right. like Jaden Ivey, as Ohio State's well aware of, given that last game. Uh, but I love Ohio State's backcourt resolve. I think it's going to be a special game. I like Ohio State to win it by one. Your mouth to God's ears, buddy. Appreciate your time uh, on, a, on, on what ended up being a crazy Friday. Appreciate your time, buddy. Bo well, James, I appreciate it. Let's hope we can get this thing off, man. These guys work so hard for it. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, he, yeah, I agree. I mean, Jordan's the best. Joining on the Brian Heenan Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Great, great perspective here. And I think you sense kind of the nervousness here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is two teams in two days in the ACC, and it's Duke and it's Virginia. It's... It's not great. Uh, we hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The first and the best. Your home for all things Buckeyes, Jackets, and former linebackers making inappropriate innuendo. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Meet or on the rocks. Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. It's time for a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, Chopper. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. All right. Getting used to a new mouse. We're in a new studio today. New New studio. Yeah. Yeah. This is the only time you get to talk, you know, until three (laughs) things and you're not ready. If this was a Chops movie review, you'd have the. The clock ready, but it's all right. It'd be Go ready. Ahead. You know, maybe I'll review you one of these days. <laughs> yeah. Michigan, St- Michigan State has agreed to a five-year deal with the Detroit-based Rocket Mortgage as their new presenting sponsor. The men's basketball team will now be known throughout the Breslin Center as MSU Spartans presented by oh, Rocket shit. Mortgage. Thing or we'll not a thing? Anything, won't they? And we're worried about name, image, and likeness with athletes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is. I mean, Dan Gilbert. What's is the, the uproar? He's a big if it's fan of Tom Izzo. Nationwide field at Ohio Stadium with a nationwide logo what, on it. What if it's your Ohio State Buckeyes presented by Nationwide Insurance? Oh yeah, I'm just saying. What how, what would the uproar yeah, be I mean, if you put if you spray painted a blue Nationwide logo on the on the field at Ohio oh, Stadium? If you can, can you imagine look, everyone's minds exploding. Yeah, but it, it's it's a, make the money, man. Make the money. Especially now, post-COVID, yeah. all the losses that yeah. these athletic departments have Let's taken. I would look for more of these. image and likeness. Let's just not panic over oh, name, image, and likeness. they can't afford you, it. Can't do it. Yeah. Even though it's not. Here's the worst part. Even though name, image, and likeness people is not coming from the that. school. It's not paychecks no, from the school. can't understand that. No. They can't. They can't. can't wrap their heads around that part. Yep. Georgetown head coach Patrick Ewing was upset after he got stopped multiple times by security in Madison Square Garden. Quote, I thought this was my building. Everybody in this building should know who the hell I am. Thing or not a thing? It's not even the best quote. The best part is like, (laughs) it wasn't something like my jersey's in the rafters. He's like, just look up. Is my my jersey not up there? Man. He dropped the, maybe I should go talk to Dolan about this. He did. It's amazing. And he had every right to. He had every right to. If your jersey is hanging in the rafters, it should be part of the job description that you know who that person is. Yeah. Patrick Ewing is not inconspicuous. No, he's not. He's pretty identifiable. Yes, he is. He's, like he's nine seven feet tall. Feet tall. <laughs> right? Jeez. Gosh. Oh, man. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yeah, this it's is... crazy. 
Uh, it's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. Going to talk about the Houston Texans offensive side of the ball, but here's a defensive story. Have They've hired Lovey Smith as defensive coordinator, one of the many new additions to first-year coach David Culley's staff. Smith will also hold the title of associate head coach. Thing or not a thing? Uh, I'll, I'll say not a thing in terms of, of this. I mean, he's a good mentor, that type of stuff. Uh, but what I, what I was thinking about is how how much financial how much money Lovey Smith has made in the last 12 years coaching oh yeah and it's still it's just doing amazing it. that he's still yeah to still be yeah. getting after it like he made a lot of money at Illinois yeah yeah and they signed Christian Kirksey today so Texans the Texans moves on defense yeah yep I thought you'd appreciate this one, James. At TPC Sawgrass Thursday, Ben Ann hit four shots yes. in the water on number 17 before finally landing one from the drop zone off the left-hand side of the hole. He two-putted from there, but carded an 11, the second highest score ever on that hole during the Players' Championship. Thing or not a thing? Let me start on this one. Look. <laughs> <laughs> not only would I have multiple clubs in the water as well, Crow oh, hopped boy. into the water. Crow um, hopped in. Yeah. This is where I don't relate. He two put it from there. That's not happening for me. Um, the other thing is, I can somehow card an 11 without there being any out of bounds or hazards. And that's why I don't play <laughs> golf. I can, I can smoke a drive, 300 down the middle, just luckily. And the next thing you know, I get out there on a par five and I'm thinking, oh, yes, here we go, James. Look at the hybrid and dub it about 15 yards. Walk to the ball, hit it, slice it, get behind a tree, try to chip out of the tree, hit the <laughs> hit the trunk, have it go backwards. That's how I golf, and that's why I don't golf. I've played that hole. Um, I was in the water, and then this, the second time drop. out, I did I did put it on the second time out. Put it on the second time. That's mm. grass. So you're telling me that you're better than that than that golfer? No, no, you're that's what I heard. Bogeyed. But chops, that's double what I heard. Bogeyed. Last one, five. last one for you guys on a Friday. Patrick Mahomes' daughter, less than a month old, but she already has been offered a scholarship on Texas Tech's soccer team in 2039 via Twitter. Thing or not a thing? Well, it's a huge thing because I don't know if she'll have the financial ability to pay for college on her own. So it's really important uh-huh. that she'll be able to it get is. paid for. That's good it to is. know. Patrick doesn't have to worry about Hashtag blessed. Look, um... Look, it's always um, I get envious when I read about other schools loving their former athletes because I've received no offers for London or Hayden for Ohio State. So you know, no go to Texas Tech, be an athlete because they'll take care of your kids. They'll reach out to you. Um, not the case here. I understand if I have to pay for football tickets if I want to go to a game. I get that people think we all get unlimited free tickets. Nope, we pay. We pay standard price, but. You know, can I at least get my daughter's a soccer scholarship? Turns out no. So, Gene, if you're listening, they're they're still open to committing to Ohio State, <laughs> but have not been offered. Do you think that there? And I love the soccer coach up there. Be- She's great, but no offers. Do you think there's any correlation between Patrick Mahomes signing a four hundred million dollar football scholarship and probably the hopes of Patrick Mahomes donating fifty million dollars to a football facility? And this offer? Oh, do you think they're? Oh, of course, they're related. <laughs> that, that, that that might all have something to do. With of course, it does. Of Here's course, your, it does. Patrick, we we would love to be able to compete with Texas. Uh, yeah. You're now one of our biggest boosters. Would you like to of throw course. us twenty million so we can yeah. uh, 
put in a, yeah. a waterfall like Ohio State has? We can we no do question. that? We get that done. Yeah. No uh, Buckeyes in Purdue. Two o'clock today. It's a big one, certainly. We will get into that coming up next. Plus, uh, a wild day already in the NFL with the Brady extension, this crazy Texans presser from yesterday. Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus will join us at the bottom of the hour on that. Final hour up next. Bishop and Lauren Itis right here on The Fan. Timmy Hall hosts Buckeye Roundtable. A special look inside the world of Ohio State athletics. And a special look inside Timmy's net beard. Monday at 6. The Fan. Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat yeah. there for 10 minutes. This is Bishop and Morinitis. And The Fan is joining 10TV and the Ohio Education Association to honor classroom heroes. In these weird times, teachers and educators need your support and recognition now more than ever. And we're proud to announce this week's hero, J.J. Labatt, English teacher from Crooksville High School. Nominate teachers, coaches, or staff members that you think deserve special recognition. Head to 971thefan.com slash heroes today to do that. And there is a ton of going on in the NFL, and we'll get to that in about 15 minutes. But there's also a ton going on in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Of course, we play Purdue today. It's a large game for us in terms of staying on the two line. It's a monster challenge. Purdue is a team that can absolutely make a long run in March. They possess some of the things that, that we struggle with, including their size, which is evident. Um, but and, and we will get to that. But now this Virginia cancellation. And you asked the question to Jordan Cornette, and I think it's a fair one. And it's one that ought to be asked. But I, I do have one caveat to it. The question is, should you continue to play these conference tournaments and potentially sacrifice your team's run in March? Because I don't yeah. even know what's going to happen with Virginia. Like, we don't know the details on that yet. The one caveat I would say, and we dealt with this in the, um, in the, uh, in the national semifinal against Clemson. What are the ACC's testing protocols? Mm. We know what the Big Tens are. Mm-hmm. And I would think that the Big Tens would be as stringent as anybody. Mm-hmm. And I would say that our protocols would be as stringent as anybody. We saw mm-hmm. it. We've witnessed it. We know it. We lived it. They are. I'm not, they, so, it's not they would be. They are. So They're the most stringent. They are. So you would, sports. I feel, yeah. yes. So I feel very confident of the Big Ten teams, not only this weekend in Indy, but next weekend in the NCAA tournament. Because there's nothing the NCAA is going to have that's going to be more stringent from a protocol or testing standpoint than the Big Ten. The ACC? Maybe not. Mm. Yeah. I, I Look, this is a... Um, these protocols here that the Big Ten has put into play, while we gave them grief over it, they have, I, I think, I have very... I have a high level of confidence, I'll say this, that this Big Ten tourney is going to go off just fine. Yeah. Um, because there's no protocols. Like, the protocols of the NCAA won't be brand new, right? Like, it's not going to be something brand new kind of Correct. guidelines. And this is what they, we've been doing from the start. And so I think there's a level of, um, I guess, expectation that the, that the the Big Ten will have with these guys. You have to wonder... And I thought, I thought it was a great point, too. Like, yeah, Virginia's out of the, the ACC tournament. What's the point of playing the tournament now? You're top, it'd be like Michigan. If Michigan fails out or Illinois, you're like, okay, well, these are teams that could literally hang a banner. Well, you, you would say that, but if Florida State wins it, like, they'll celebrate. If Georgia Tech wins it, they'll celebrate. 
But as yeah, the they, league, if you're running the ACC, I think you got to shut it down. So do I. You've had two teams drop in consecutive days. You got to shut yeah. it down, and yeah. you got to preserve. I know they'll you know, celebrate it. I'd have a hard time devastating it if that happened. You know, be like, yeah, no, outside for sure. But I think in in the moment, those kids would. You remember last year? Wasn't the ACC the one that came out and crowned Florida State? Didn't they do that last year? They crowned them. I think they did. After Maybe. this was all canceled, they? they came out like they had like a ceremony. I mean, I could be misremembering, but I I feel like that's what happened. Um, but honestly, I'm glad it's not our problems. I think that there it, it goes with. I think you can you can say it without really any hesitation that the testing protocols negatively affected the Ohio State football team against Clemson and absolutely against Alabama compared to the way that Clemson and Alabama were tested. I don't think that that's a big secret. I think it's well known. It's not talked about a lot except for here. Doesn't mean that we would have beaten Alabama necessarily. No. no. But that that we had a different we were playing under a different set of rules than those two programs. Yes. I have no reason to believe that we're not in in basketball either. And in this instance, I think it'll actually help us. And I think it'll help the league. I don't think you'll have... I'm with you. I don't think you have any problem in Indy today, over the weekend. No. I don't. Maybe that's naive of me. But I know what, what is required of these schools in this league. And I think that they'll be fine. And I think they'll be fine in, in March Madness as well. So um, it's that that's kind of where you're at. And so from an ACC perspective, I'm glad that's not my problem. What is our problem is we've got to play Purdue today. And they're good, and they've beaten us twice. And Chops actually brought this up to me. I got to give the kids some credit. Uh, when when Jordan said it's hard to beat a team three times, Chops, it's actually not. It's actually happens all the time when you beat a team <laughs> three times. And we say it, Chops. Bring give me the stat that you brought to my attention earlier this week. Uh, yeah, I'm looking through my group chat with my friends because I've got a friend who's a. Uh, He's a real uh, sports gambler, so he always sends me this because there's there's people saying it a bunch when we were going into the uh, the playoffs with the Saints and the Buccaneers, and yeah. I'm trying to find it here, but it, it here it is. It's hard to beat a team like three times NCAA yeah. basketball edition since 2010. Teams that are two and zero against an opponent are 905 and 363, 71 percent straight up in the third meeting in the same year. So, in fact, it isn't that hard. In fact, it happens a lot that the the team that the team that's won the first two games has won the third because it might just mean that they're better. I don't know that it necessarily means that for Purdue and us, and I think we will play well. But certainly, Purdue has some things that are tough for us to deal with, and most especially, of course, being their size. Coach Holtman uh, yesterday uh, on the Big Ten Network was asked about playing Purdue for a third time and had this to say: "Well, first of all, I don't like Matt at all." No, I'm kidding. He's a tremendous coach, tremendous program. Um, they got us twice, and uh, we've got to be better. There were two cl- fairly close games. Um, we've got to be, um, and we got to play physical because that's what Purdue does. Travion's terrific, but they've they've got a lot of guys coming on. They're a really good team. I think I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do uh, beyond uh, the Big Ten tournament. But hopefully, we can play well and get them tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you're going to have to you're going to have to do some things that that you struggle with from a rebounding standpoint. I thought Jordan made some great points when he was talking about and, and George as well when they were talking about the second chance points. I think George brought that up, the second chance points and the rebounding um, when we had him on in the first hour. That 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 is going to be something where you think about Kyle who played a lot of minutes. You think about Justice rebounding from the from the three spot. Obviously, EJ Zed when he gets in there. 
And and he had he was providing that in those 10, 15-minute runs that Zed was given where he'd get you eight rebounds. That's going to be have to be the case this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, you know, I love being able to have that perspective from George about what kind of what to look for early on. Um, and and you're right, you know, can can Kyle Young be that guy? Can he continue to play with the energy that he had yesterday? It was great to see him come out with that with that juice. You know, the alley oop um, was awesome. And, and can they can they build off of that first half momentum? Can you do it again? And then just keep swinging at it. You know, keep finding a way to just play smart down the stretch. You you feel like eventually. You know, if you just keep playing a certain way of ball and try not to overthink it, a lot easier said than done when you're talking on a radio show versus actually doing it. That you'll find a way to shoot yourself out of that rut at the end of the games, um, unless, like you brought up, it's the yips. And if it's yeah. the yips over at some, then that's a whole nother. You need a psychologist for real. Um, There's a mental block at the end yeah. of games. It's happened mm-hmm. too often. I don't think we can. You can't ignore it. It is yeah. what it is. It's happened far too often. Um, you know, you, you think about this when, when we had it rolling, um, uh, and it, it was going into that first Purdue game and you, you, you really had it rolling. Um, and you think about what you were able to do hitting, knocking down threes. Uh, we only, we, we only took 12 threes in the win over Minnesota. We only made four. Justin Arns used to be somebody you could count on to knock down a couple of threes. That hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. We have not had a, a, a run like that really we had so much and I, I do wonder about that Michigan game was so much invested in it um, and and that Illinois game you played so great and it crumbled at the end I, I think this game against Purdue is a monster I do I think it's I think you really need to win it I think you need to win it just from the standpoint of that would lock you into a two, on the two line which I think is important um, that makes it obviously an easier path to get to the Sweet 16 but I, I think it's important that you're a two seed um, I think that validates your season to a, to a big extent we, we got to remember you know we're not Kentucky Carolina we're not Duke we're not Kansas we're not entitled to two two seeds that's not something that there's a ton of them right it's happened yep. we've been blessed but yep. th- th- we don't we don't that's not it's not a guarantee and so being a two seed that's a huge building spot building block if you can be that and then just from a self-confidence standpoint just to get a little momentum they came out so strong yesterday against minnesota Mm -hmm. so strong you're up 12 at the half you're up big you're up 12 with a minute 30 like you had a chance to bury them you didn't and so this is the way i think you get right so there's the the kind of the tangible thing that you can touch which is be a two seed so that's important and then there's the kind of the more nebulous thing of we need to just get some some good to get some good mojo back. So I think all of that's in play this afternoon. I think it's big. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what we expected. So if as a Buckeye fan, I think your expectation is you get a win this afternoon and then you'll feel like, okay, all right, we're a two seed. Now whatever we get after this is just awesome, right? It builds confidence, momentum, all of that. Um but you still want it to look a certain way today. Like I, I want, I, I would rather have this be a game to where you can close down the end, right? Where it's close, but you're able to close down the end, and you're making shots, and you're you're earning the win, right? Versus having it be, hey, we're up twelve and we limps to the finish line. Either way, it's win in advance. I get that, but you want to have full confidence going on to playing, you know, <laughs> Michigan or or whoever yeah. as you go on in this tourney. 
Here's a, uh, a statement from the ACC commissioner. As you know, uh, Duke yesterday, Virginia today, um, ACC commissioner Jim Phillips just now, I'm heartbroken for our student athletes, coaches, support staff at Duke and Virginia. Teams have worked incredibly hard, blah, blah, blah. Let's see if he answers the question. We continue to be led by our ACC medical advisory group and the protocols put in place. They have allowed our teams to safely compete during the season. We'll follow the lead of our medical personnel to ensure the health and safety for our programs remain the top priority. Our student athletes in school have been remarkable. Listen to he doesn't address if they're going to continue playing or not. No, he does not. If you're going to make a statement, like, don't you have to say that? <laughs> right. Are we playing? Like, you're going to take the time to make a statement, but you don't say if we're playing or not? We'll follow them. Yeah, we knew you would do that. You've been doing that. No, he's just like, What a non-statement statement. No. Man. That's a perfect statement. It's perfect. Let's just say a lot of... Let's put a lot of words Bunch down of without words. saying anything. Right. Yeah. Without addressing anything. So now you have to do another statement in three hours. Great. Um, what a statement from, from the Houston Texans yesterday. They sent their new coach, David Culley, out on an island. Mm. Uh, just an absolutely crazy press conference. We also have uh, restructuring for Tom Brady, and we have Cam Newton back at a pretty good dollar amount uh, in New England. So we'll get to all of that coming up next as NFL free agency is going to be pretty wild this weekend. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. It opens your mind to stimulating conversation and live sports. And best of all, it still costs zero dollars. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And Tim Hall hosts the Mad About Hoops Bracket Party. It's streaming live on Sunday night, 709, only on 971thefan.com. Join Timmy as he chats with your favorite fan personalities and mocks their bracket. Is he going to mock the bracket that I put together? Is he going to? He wants me to mock the bracket with him. You'll have to he, tune like, in to find making out. Fun, making fun of it is—is is that what he's going to attempt to do? I can't imagine that from Tim. Yeah. He's so good-hearted. Uh, all it's sponsored. Like a great by Pepsi tweet. Zero. By the way, yesterday from Nick Wagner, who we've had on um, before from out in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. But he said, "Remember when tweeting in the coming weeks there is resign and then there is resign." I'll spell right. the same. If you miss the hyphen, it is completely big different meanings. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bracket Show is all sponsored by Pepsi Zero and Monogram Homes. It's live, uncensored, and only on 971thefan.com. Boy, the NFL's having itself a Friday amidst sure all this is. basketball. Yeah. Yeah. How about so, this? NFL revenues. You see that number? I did People not. are like, well, why is the seller cap down? Well, revenue dropped from $16 billion mm-hmm. in 2019 to $12 billion. Four billion. In 2020. That's a lot of billions. That is. That is. And that, that's how it's going to be. Of course, any, anybody who's on has ever worked with the NFLPA says, okay, show me the books. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> show me. Let's see. Prove Let it. See how it. Yeah. Prove to me how you lost yeah. four billion. I don't know that I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seeing the NFL's books is like trying to get Trump's taxes. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Um, all right. Before we get to the Deshaun Watson stuff, which is crazy, and then we'll ask Austin Gale about this coming up at 1130, uh, Tom Brady restructures his deal. So the Bucks are having a pretty good uh, offseason here already. Levante David re-signing two years on a, on a, on a pretty cap-friendly number, 11.5, I think, a year. Um, the Tom Brady restructure today pushes it puts it pushes him out to 2022 mm-hmm. with the Bucks. So two more seasons with the Bucks. But the important thing is it spreads the money out, and so that makes it more uh, easy. That will make it easier for them to bring in a guy like Shaq Barrett and try to bring him back yeah. and to try to bring the band back together. Yep. And that's what's going on in Tampa Bay right now is how can we bring everybody back 
Yeah. Uh, I saw Benjamin Albright with this yesterday. If they don't re-sign Shaq Barrett, the Browns would be somebody who would be pursuing him, and that would be big game hunting for Andrew Barry and the Browns if, if that is the way that they were able to go. That would just be another another guy in the market, you know, that helps you out. Like, if you're a Browns fan, you want to get one of these guys, you know, that's available yeah. at the end. And the more people that hit the market, the better for you. Um, Tom Brady's just going to play forever. I'm telling you, he's going to play till his arm falls off. Yeah, until um, he physically can't. You talk about Lovey Smith. Like, what is his motivation to keep doing it? And you just keep hosting trophies? Yeah. Uh, you just, know. just make it, just put the, the bar so far out of, Touch. I will say that that is what I give him credit for. There have been players in the past who have broken some kind of all-time streak, right, or have done something and then kind of stepped away. And you have to wonder, did they ever think in their mind that that would be caught? You know, again, yeah. And did they actually squeeze every single like Brady's already at a certain point where you're like, gosh, I don't know, like like we're here thinking, nah, I don't think Mahomes is going to catch him, right? No, and yeah. yet he's going to squeeze every single drop out to make sure. Oh yeah, he does everything that's possible. You know, that's possible that that's not going to happen. Yeah, you better believe he is. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, so that's what's happening in, in Tampa. Brady's old team, New England, uh, re-signed Cam Newton one year, fourteen million on that deal. Um, and so that kid who was talking smack to Cam, not a free agent anymore. Yep, not a free yep. agent anymore. Not a free. Yep, <laughs> he can still come I, I back think, with "I'm rich" if he wants. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more than the richer now, as Bootsy says. Um, all right. So from the New England perspective. And Chops and I were going back and forth about this this morning. I think, A, they loved what Cam brought from a leadership standpoint. And yeah. I think they like zigging when others are zagging. And I think that they loved the idea that he had 12 rushing touchdowns. And before he had COVID, he was pretty effective. And so were they. So I, I, I think it's I think it makes some sense for what New England's doing. They're not contenders, and the old Cam is, is gone. But I do understand why they did what they did. It might also tell you that they don't believe that, for example, Jimmy Garoppolo or another one of these quarterbacks is going to become available. Agreed. And all the reports you're hearing out of New England, you're right. They do love the zig when everyone's zagging. They are going to, um, it seems like, go back to running big-time football, big boy pads on. Right and play good defense, good be special very teams, physical, and be very physical clock, and run yep, it and, and pound you. it down your throat and just say, you know what, everyone's going spread RPO, all that. You know what, fast I'm, linebackers who can fly. Yep, try I'm tackling going, these guys. Yep, I'm going down this way. Try good luck with your 215 pound LB in the middle there, as we're getting our guard to climb up to him every single time. We're not going to go sideways. We're coming right downhill. Yeah. No, so. we'll see if it works. But yeah. But I think that's that's what that's all about. As for what's happening in Houston, beats me. Beats me. Here's what I know. Yesterday, they put David Culley, their new head coach, they put him out at a podium for him to answer questions that he was very clearly almost impossibly equipped to answer. Here's a little sampling of that. Now, we are very committed to Deshaun as our quarterback. Uh, uh, he is our quarterback. Uh, he's the only guy we got under contract at this time right now. Uh Nick and our personnel department are in the process of, of looking at other guys out there right now, and, and we're going through that process daily, and, and we're continuing to do that. When you use the word right now, it seems like they've, they understand that it's, it's done. There's no yeah. coming back from it. Yeah. That was cruel um, what they did to him, putting him out there. 
He had nothing to do with any of it. This is bad on me. But when I saw like David Coley trending on Twitter, yeah, and it said NFL, I said, "Who the hell is David Coley?" That it's, look, it's valid. I mean, the hiring of him came out of nowhere, and it was late. I think in the eyes of many, and in, in an effort to appease Deshaun, because Deshaun yeah. wanted them to interview Robert Sala, they didn't, yep. and and it was trying to do that. It was too late. Yep. It was too late. I mean, his yep. hiring came out of nowhere, but it's not right for him to be no. go out there and answer these questions. I no. mean, this should be a Nick Easterby press conference. Yes. If you're running the organization, that should yes. be him or Cal McNair. You can't yep. put the coach out there to answer questions about Deshaun Watson. He, what does he know? He didn't yep. He didn't build this fort that's going to fall down. Yep. Yep. I'm just going to – you know, he could have just said, I'm just going to coach the guys who are here. When we get the when we get the spring practices, if we have them, OTAs, all that, and if we get the fall, have them. Whoever's on the roster, I'm gonna coach them the best that I can. That's it. All those other decisions are above me. Yeah, yeah, that's the reality of it for sure. Just a tough spot to put him in. Absolutely. Um, but if if the Deshaun Watson deal is gonna happen, it will happen after free agency, and it will happen before the draft. And that if you're Houston, it has to happen before the draft. You can't let the draft happen and then do it. The most you can get is is right before the draft. Yep. There's so, no question. Yeah. And you're, you're, that's you're, your opportunity. You're getting close. They're running out of time. Yeah. You got a couple. Yeah. You think you're. I think. Or I think it was Wednesday or Thursday this week. We were 50 days out from the draft. Yep. So that's yep. that's where you're at. And this should be a pretty wild weekend in the NFL. Um, in terms of, I mean, I think the cuts could be pretty incredible as people try to, you know put themselves in a position to go sign people, get teams who got to get under the cap who are still a long ways off. Um, the situation with the Saints is crazy that basically the amount that they're over the cap is Taysom Hill's salary. So like it's, oh, it could bro, be a wild the, weekend. The pictures of that, by the Isn't way, that are so perfect funny? of like perfect. the people saying Sean Payne's reaction when he does the math. Yeah. So great. So great. Uh, Austin Gale, Pro Football Focus, will join us coming up next on uh, a little preview of free agency and what can be done here. we get to that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Reading your Jackets flagship station since day one. All the goals, all the action, all the memories. Your home for the Columbus Blue Jackets, The Fan, Ohio sports destination. If you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, even, I don't even know. Is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Well, it's already been a busy day in the NFL, and we haven't even got to legal tampering, which of course happens on Monday, and then free agency on Wednesday. For some perspective, we had on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest hotline, Austin Gale, Pro Football Focus, joining us. All right, Austin, let's just start with with how you think this is going to go over the next few days, and and how wild this could be by the time we get to Monday when these deals start to leak out. A lot of positioning happening right now. Tom Brady doing the Bucks a big favor, getting a lot of cap space there. I'm assuming to go after Shaq Barrett. What do you anticipate this weekend being like from an NFL news perspective? Yeah, I mean, this weekend I don't think we'll see a ton of, obviously, like, you know, no tampering yet. So I think a lot of this weekend will be restructuring contracts. We saw Michael Thomas have his contract restructured. Corey Littleton of Las Vegas Raiders had his contract restructured. Tom Brady obviously adding what is now becoming a really, really popular trend in the NFL, some void years to his contract to kick some money down the road. You can get in trouble that way, but when you are in an obvious window like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are with Tom Brady, you can get away with it. They did that with Levante David. They did that with Tom Brady. You could see them do that with some other players as well. It's, an, it's something they could also do with Donovan Smith. You know, Donovan Smith is a big cap casualty or cap casualty candidate 
because he's due $14 million this, in 2021, but they extend him, tack on some void years, you can get away with it, or they can flat out release him if there's no interest to kind of move forward with Donovan Smith. So I think you're going to see a lot of that cap wizardry. A lot of people speak to this you know, in, over, the past, over the next two days, and then all hell breaks loose on Monday. Yeah, Austin, what are some names? Give us some specific names you think will be those those guys that we could see hit the waiver wire just because of, of the, the cap situations. And um, I think it's – I always tell the listeners, it's it's fascinating to think of the, the amount of people now – these are human beings, you know, that are going to have to move cities and, you know, move their families and kids and pediatricians and schools and all those things. <laughs> I went through it myself. But just who are some of these names that you think will be – casualties of, of the cap going down yeah i think it starts with you know any player that you see you know and to kind of break down some of these restructures anytime you see yeah. a player kind of convert some of his contract to a bonus then it that, that is almost like assuredly meaning they're going to stay on that football team because that bonus obviously comes into play i think brandon williams of the baltimore ravens is a potential option he, they could save 7.5 million dollars in cutting him they take on a decent amount of dead money but it's $18 million in projected cap space for Brandon Williams in 2021. Mario Addison of the Buffalo Bills is another guy that's due a ton of money in 2021 that could be cut. I think um, Kawan Short, similarly. I mean, there is a lot of guys that, like, I really do think are going to see the hammer this you know, in, over the next two days if things don't happen. I think Donovan Smith, again, is another name as well. You could see Donovan Smith on the open market here very soon. What I'm really surprised by, what I haven't seen, you know, two guys that I haven't seen released yet that I do think – I thought were obvious candidates is Geno Atkins of the Cincinnati Bengals and then Sheldon Richardson as another guy for the Cleveland Browns who's due $20 million in 2021. Or no, sorry, $11.5 million in 2021. That would be a huge saving for the Cleveland Browns if they're looking to get aggressive and add at more valuable positions. I think the Browns, Austin, and, and we'll let's talk about them for a minute and then we'll circle back to the Bengals situation. I, I think the Browns have three restructure candidates um, and they're all huge leadership guys it's sheldon it's jarvis landry and it's joel batonio i think those are the three contracts that you could see being restructured to allow for some more space and i think the the uh the cutting of of adrian claiborne earlier in the week tells you where they are headed in free agency at defensive end and and i think it will be very very aggressive uh carl lawson of the Bengals is a guy that i I know that i'm sure that they like Uh, reporting yesterday from ben albright that shaq barrett would be in the mix um i I have a feeling the browns will be very very aggressive at defensive end by the time this thing hits on money remember andrew barry was last year he landed his tackle and he landed his tight end in the first two days of free agency no, I can see them being aggressive. I think Sheldon Richardson is not someone you necessarily have to cut, but right now you'd save $11.5 million if you did release him and only take on nearly $1 million in dead money. But he's still a very valuable player and leader, like you said. I think you almost have to look to restructure that contract, potentially do some void years to get him on the books, but still free up some space in 2021. Because you talk about teams in a window, they're in a window. And it's not necessarily for when Baker Mayfield retires, but it's when they do end up selling out big money for him on an extension. I don't know if they're 100% committed to that just yet, but they haven't done it. And when you have a cost-controlled rookie quarterback on that rookie contract, it's the proverbial cheat code in the NFL. It's why the Bills were able to add Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, um, obviously John Brown before they released him. Like They were able to add at a lot of other valuable positions because they have a rookie on a rookie contract at the quarterback position, and the Browns are too. So they can't afford to spend at other positions in free agency, and I expect them to be aggressive as well. Austin, let's go. Let's go down to Cincy. Um, what What is the plan? I was shocked they didn't tag Carl Lawson. 
Um, I know you know some Bengals fans have brought up the fact of his sack numbers, but when you look at his pressures, it's deeper than sacks, right? I mean, a lot of it, it, it could be pressures, which he was fourth in for edge rushers, second in quarterback hits. So he's he's right there. Um, I was shocked they let him basically walk to free agency. But you got your quarterback, albeit coming off a shredded knee. You got your QB uh, for your franchise. Wouldn't the Bengals want to keep some of these guys around, keep them in-house, guys that they've gotten? Uh, what do you think the master plan is down 71 South in Cincy? Man, I hope they have one because it's not super clear right now. Again, like not releasing Geno Atkins to free up that space, very interesting. Not tagging Carl Lawson or William Jackson who is right now a top 15 for agent on PFS free yeah. agency is, is, is crazy to me. Like this is a team that again is in a window and they need to follow what are, you know, Brandon Bean method, Brandon Bean with Josh Allen, you know, when Josh Allen first got to Buffalo, his best receiver was Kelvin Benjamin and receiver might be a little bit aggressive when talking about Kelvin Benjamin. Then he throws the kitchen sink. He throws the kitchen sink at resources. He brought in, I think three or four different offensive linemen, including, you know, Mitch Morse, um, John Feliciano, then he grabs Cole Beasley. Then he grabs John Brown. Like He continued to throw resources at the offensive side of the ball, both in the draft and in free agency. Cincinnati, I know Mike Brown's not big on spending big, but like you have to do it now. Like You have Joe Burrow, and you need to see what you have in him. You need to build around him, and it starts along the offensive line. They should go after Joe Tooney. They should go after Trent Williams. They should go get multiple free agent offensive linemen to come in and protect for Joe Burrow and still consider Panay Sewell in the draft. This is – you know, the offensive line is not something where you need to be elite at all five positions, but you can't have obvious weak links. Bobby Hart is a weak link. Michael Jordan is a weak link. Billy Price, weak link. Like, you're not getting a lot of talent out of the players, a lot of production out of the players you have along the offensive line right now. They should grab two veteran free agent offensive linemen and then look to the draft to continue to add to the offensive side of the ball. Prop up Joe Burrow to see if you can legitimately put together a top ten offense in the NFL with, you know, with T. Higgins, with Tyler Boyd. And then once you have that, start to build on top of that defensively and so forth. Austin, I'll get you out of here on this one. We know that the cap went down. We know that the cap is going to go way up with when the new TV money comes in. I have a feeling that we will see a lot of one-year deals. I'm wondering if we will also see one-year deals in, in the middle class and certainly veteran players, one-year deals to go chase a ring. And could you see some uh, some situations this year where guys take less money on a one year to go to Tampa, to go to places where you feel like you can go win a Super Bowl? Absolutely. I think you're going to see a lot of one-year deals. So to add context, you know, $182.5 million cap for the NFL team, that's an 8% drop from what it was last year. And a lot of teams and a lot of players as well are expecting the cap to take a significant increase in 2022 and 2023 with the new media deals that you know, the NFL has signed with ESPN and NBC. So I think players are well aware of that. If they're not one-year deals, they're going to be one-year deals with a little bit of money in 2021 and a whole bunch of money in 2022 and 2023. You need to be on the lookout for teams that make that risk. Tell players that, you know, are highly valued for agents that we're going to bring you in on X and then pay you two or three X down the road in 2022 and 2023. You could get in a situation where you're seeing some of these guys cut or some really bad free agent signings if you overcommit to some of these talented players and overcommit money down the road. Yeah. Good stuff, Austin. Appreciate your time, bud. Of course. Thank you. All right, that's Austin Gale, Pro Football Focus, Associate Director of Content on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Three things on a Friday. Up next, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. 
proud to be your flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Jackets, Crew Soccer, and Bobby Carpenter's Uncomfortably Vascular Arms. The fan Ohio sports destination. The finest distillation of sports talk in all of Ohio. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. And the fan store is stocked with all new stuff, brand new t-shirts representing all of the local shows in stock, ready to be shipped. Not just shirts, hats, hoodies, masks. I, T-Bone's Thong Collection? Jeez. It's all available. The new fan store. Head to 971thefan.com and shop it today. I didn't know well, we partook. I'll not be looking there. I'll not be looking there. No. Skip that. Are those recreations no, or used? Stop. Inappropriate. Egregious. Beyond Stop. the line. Why you have a word limit on this program. Well, everything. Right there. It's all there for the people. It's all there. Three things, Chops. Hit it. One. Two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, number one for me, uh, as as we've articulated on the show, and we've and many of you have uh, have lived it with us, and it's fun to interact with you on it. I I have coached uh, two footballs and two basketballs for the boys and baseball last summer and lacrosse and all this stuff. And I need a break. Uncle Bo needs a break. Mm-hmm. And if you are Someone who is calling me and leaving me message after message to co- coach Pee Wee baseball, and I am no longer returning those calls. Get the point. That's on purpose. Yeah, that's on. Yeah, purpose. get the point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm that's with you. Nothing's more frustrating than somebody in a conversation or just in life that does not pick up on the obvious social cues. Yeah, <laughs> like you know when you like just stop responding or respond to like one word answers, and that person just keeps going. Like, no, this is my cue to, to stop talking and We're done. leave. Kindly, we're done now. This is ended. We're d- anyway, we're my first now. thing. All of my, all three things have to do with with uh, with Hayden. So last night we're eating Rebel, which I love, absolutely love. It's our mm-hmm. Thursday night deal after swim. I go pick up Rebel, and they have this cilantro aioli that the girls love. Okay, so the girls get in their kids' bowl. You know the orga- the organic brown rice. They get the citrus guacamole and the chicken, and Hayden just demolishes hers. I mean, the speed at which she bashes this bowl is incredible. But there's a few pieces of rice left over, and she picks them up individually with their hands, and she puts them in the remaining small cup of uh, cilantro aioli that's left. It's just sauce. That's all that's left. There's a little bit of sauce. Not a ton, but like a teaspoon. And she's dripping these little rice kernels in there. And I go, Hayden, you're not going to put that in the sauce and then eat the sauce. Oh, yes, I am. And sure enough, she lifts it up and drinks the sauce in with about three rice kernels in it. I've lost control. No, it's just eating rice. No, it's <laughs> eating sauce with a splash of rice. Awesome. Mm. Bo, now I know why you don't return my calls. Uh, first one for me. We're in the new studios today. So first one from the new producer studio. They're still getting things all situated, but this studio is good to go. I'm looking across the way where you guys would be. It's the Buckeye studio. We got a Carpenter jersey, a AJ Hawk jersey, a James Laurinaitis picture. So that one's going to be pretty cool, and it's starting to look uh, really good down here. Very excited. We got to get a threes jersey, right? Yeah, what the hell's up with that? that? Gosh. Yeah. Like, AJ Jersey been up nine. Just AJ a picture calls in on you. Friday morning. That's it. What are we doing? <laughs> number, number two for me. It was. It is so cool to have March Madness back. Uh, to watch the end of the Buckeye game with the boys and have them on the edge of their seat. Uh, it's just so much fun. And and my boys just love it. I mean, they love it. As soon as they they watch games and then they go in the basement and play. And it's. 
I just am so excited we have it. I refuse to be deterred by what's happening in the ACC. Um, it's just good to have it back, and it's good to see like that love affair with basketball, like it did for me when I was young, started in March. My second thing, um, this is a conversation with Shelly and the girls um, going to school. Hayden says, Mommy, all moms have boobs. London goes, Dad have <laughs> Dads have boobs, too. They just don't have juice in them. Hayden goes, <laughs> Hayden goes, yeah, I guess so. London goes, we have boobs too. And Hayden goes, yeah, but ours are tiny. This is the kind of stuff I deal with. As you're on the edge of your seat watching basketball games, yes. these are the conversations Our lives off, of, off this show are very, very different. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. My second... The innocence of it all is yeah. a beautiful we don't, thing. We don't have shoes in ours. Yeah. Yeah. My second thing, have you guys seen this drone footage of this videographer? He yes. he swoops in and it's in it's in Minneapolis at Bryant Lake Bowl. He yeah. swoops in, they go through the front door. It's very well choreographed with any of the people who were in it and it looks like it's it looks like CGI, like it's completely fake, but it's apparently all real. They added in some sound effects and stuff, but yeah, just the precision and the smoothness of the drone shots is crazy. It's like Ocean's 11. Is what I mean, it's like that level, it's like that good it's incredible uh finally for me i'm calling my shot Dwayne washington's having a game he may get 30 mm. i think he's having a game today i think the buckeyes take care of business and i think they do okay exercise some demons lock up the two seed and i think we get a, a rematch for, with michigan tomorrow which would be a lot of fun okay i bet Dwayne's last my guy. i got him there you go last thing here with hayden shelly texted me about 30 minutes ago they're outside on the swing set Shelly goes, Hayden, you're going to get a muddy butt if you sit on that swing. Hayden goes, that's fine. Shelly says, no, it's not fine. Because if you get a muddy butt, you're going to get my furniture muddy, and I'm going to spank your muddy butt. Hayden goes, well, then you'll just have a muddy hand. She ain't wrong. <laughs> she ain't wrong. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. My last one, the in-home visit with the adoption agency must have gone good yesterday. We've already got a set-up meet-and-greet that's for today. Unfortunately, it's at, right. at 3 o'clock, so it's going to be in the middle of the Buckeye game, but totally worth it, and I'll just have to catch some highlights after maybe the end of the game. But I've very excited wondered. for that to welcome possibly a pup into our house. I'm pumped for you guys. The dog's name is Kit. Okay. Will you rename it, or do you, do you? when you do that, do you have to stick with it? How you old is Kit? You go with something similar, right? Six months, I think, right? Yeah, about six months. So I don't know what what the plan is there, but I kind of like the the name Kit because then I can call her Night Rider. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. a good job out of you. Hey, I just wanted, what, what do you uh, got to do to fail right. one of those? Is my question. Like, what would you have to do to fail one of those? Maybe Rothman can start to show off with that. Yeah, have like razor blades falling from the ceiling. Yeah, what or something? kind of what kind yes. of character do you have to be to fail adopting oh, a pet? Gosh. So many people ill equipped for that for that task. Yeah, but still. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they do good work on that because I just I hate to think about it. Uh, go Bucks! Let's beat Purdue. Let's 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 have March start on a on the right note and make a little run at this thing. Going to be let's fun. go. Coverage starts at uh, coverage. Well, continue because uh, Rothman and Ice is up next. Timmy after that, and then the game. You have that to look forward to, which is nice. We're back Monday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.